When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday night. Liverpool 3, Crystal Palace nil yesterday at Anfield. Liverpool um, joined top of the league, on uh, second in the league, on alphabetical order. Um, mad stuff, that. Um, somebody's asked, when will we see the full lineup of the Fatback 4? Well, this is the full lineup. There's four fellas here. That makes yeah. it full. With regards to Shawnee, um, Shawnee is working. With regards to Grizz, he's gone on holiday. If um, just before anybody else asks any more questions, Grizz is gone. Um, I don't know where he's gone, but he's definitely gone on holiday. I think he flew out yesterday, wherever he was. Turkey, I think, was that? Turkey, Turkey might be getting his hair done. Um, right. Yeah. Um, the fat back for tonight, uh, as you can see on screen, Liverpool 3, Palace nil. Mane has reached 100 goals for the club. Uh, the squad rotation that went on yesterday, um, because when we look at the lineup, you'll see that. And Norwich in midweek, um, loads in between as well. We're going to talk about Salah just scores goals. Uh, Milner just. The best right back in the league. And um yeah, loads of other stuff in between. Okay. Um what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do this. Um Right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh Billy Cometti, I was delighted for Nabby, and we will talk about him uh in a little while. Free World has made an, an outrageous accusation here um when he says that Grizz is on holidays to Nando's. Um I don't know if he's a fan of Nando's, but maybe Deliveroo um can let us know because he is a fan <laughs> of Deliveroo. I, 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 do, I do, do know that much. So with me this week, Conroy, Chris and Keith to talk all things Liverpool versus Crystal Palace and much more. Um, and Conroy, I'm going to come to you first because when we beat Leeds last week, um, you were very, very upset at the fact that we beat them, um, if I remember rightly. <laughs> and you said stuff gone. like, um, we weren't great. Um, we missed too many chances. Um, I didn't learn much about them. I'm only messing. Yeah, but, but the point you were making was is that Liverpool won the game last week, but you didn't learn an awful lot off them. And and people kind of gave you a bit of stick for that in the chat. But I knew exactly where you were coming from because Leeds came out with a game plan to play as Leeds would and opened themselves up to Liverpool. And Liverpool took advantage, although they should have done it more comprehensively probably with the chance that they had. And your point was that you learn more off Palace this week because Palace would absolutely come out to frustrate and have that game plan. And that's where you learn more about Liverpool. Did you learn much yesterday? How do you feel about that result? No, I did, and I think to be honest, um, I do think three 0 flattering for us. I think we'd all agree three 0 is quite flattering. Um, the way the game went, 
kind of towards the end of control that the second goal kills the game. But obviously Pal- Palace hit the post at the start as well. It's a bit edgy. And I, f- I felt like we did, however, play quite well. I, I learned a lot. I was quite... I've learned more from that game than the Leeds game because Palace were there to frustrate us and I feel like we created a lot of chances, specifically one that sticks out off the top of my head is Diogo Jota, who should be given uh, Manny his week's salary after that because that is the worst miss I've ever seen in my life. Like I'd put that right up there. Um, but overall, I feel like I have learned a lot from that and I'm more confident with the season ahead from that game than the Leeds game because you probably see a few teams do that to lead the season if they go out that way. So I was quite delighted with that. I was actually quite happy that Manny scored quite the pivotal goal as well to kind of kick us off for that game, because I don't know if you guys agree, but I feel like that first goal was quite important. Because I say Palace had chances, it could have went either way. It's me and Chris in the pre-match show. Palace is always edgy. I don't know what it is. We've got a good record against them, but it always seems to be like a... Even if you win comfortably, you get the second or third goal late in the game, if, if you know what I mean. And I actually felt that was, that was kind of like that. Thankfully, we got the second goal. I've forgotten in my head who got the second goal. Salah from the corner with Van Dyke, Two set pieces to, to, make, to make it 1-0 and 2-0. And that's also a really good point as well, Gav. Last season, we talked about Van Dyke and our presence the centre-half's not being there. But the second goal shows you the value of having Van Dyke back in the team in attacking sense as well. So I learned a lot and I'm actually... Quietly, quietly confident we can push a good title challenge this season now. Like you, like you called at the very start, Gav. Ah, uh, yeah. Listen, listen. Um, three words on a flying tonight. Um, he's upset that I pulled that thing up about Nando's, but you asked the question, so I put it up there. Uh, three words, and he says, "Where's the cans, mate? I can't look at a can today. Um, <laughs> I had I had too many cans yesterday. Um, I will admit that. So today it was all about a carvery with loads of gravy and stuffing and meat. And um, as I was eating it, I could feel." I could actually feel the alcohol oozing out my body as I was as I was eating that carvery earlier. So no cans tonight. It's a cup of tea in a really really nice cup with love hearts all over it, and a bottle of water as a backup. Um, so there you go. That just just to fill free world in there, Keith. Um, yes. You know, I've said there like to Con- to Conroy about learning more because Palace would have a more structured kind of. Approach to this game than Leeds because I felt Leeds just tried to do a little bit against us but play the Leeds way and it opened them up. Now, Palace did not absolutely sit back as someone said in the chat there a minute ago, um, but they were more structured for me. And it is always edgy against Palace for some reason, even when you bash them, you know what I mean? Um, it, it, it's, it seems to be edgy for a lot of the time. How did you feel after that result? Yeah, I felt it was a big result. Um, Palace, Palace are a good team. You know, um, they were a good team under Roy Hodgson to a certain extent and Vieira has now come in and it's, it's seemingly having an influence because, you know, they're they're good in midfield. They're, Conor Gallagher is going to be a big player for them and I know, Gav, you're a huge fan of the kid. Uh, you've said it for a while. Uh, he, he, was, he was very good for them yesterday. He's going to be involved in a lot of things they do. But they're a good team and they always cause those problems in the sense that Wilf Zaha causes us problems. Now, I have a huge issue with Wilf, Wilfred Zaha. I think he's a good player, but he's either scoring goals or he's diving around looking for penalties. And I think he's one of the worst players, you know, for diving and then looking incredulous, like, how did I not get this? You know, he's got one of them faces that he can't believe. And he, he's just that type of player. Now, he's an excellent, excellent player for them. I think he's Crystal Palace's greatest ever player uh, and he's, he's only relatively young, you know, he's, he's an excellent player, but he just is a player that sort of annoys me. 
But there was all the narrative about James Milner has, has gone into right back and he's going to be up against Will Zaha and he's been sent off twice in his career for fouls on Will Zaha. And it was nearly like people were willing, you know, let, let's get Zaha running at Milner to try and, you know, see Milner taking him down and Milner suffering. But, you know, Liverpool come out with that. I don't know, Conroy. I think that was fairly comfortable yesterday. I think that was fairly, fairly routine. I think when we watch these games, we're all a bit nervous. And I've said it for years on the show, like sometimes, you know, in the moment, we think it's a lot more tough than it is. But I don't think Palace really offer too much in the attacking sense, in my own opinion. Do you know what I think? I didn't interrupt you. What I meant by that was uh, Palace had a good few chances at times in the game. I still think we would have won, but I just felt 3 0 was a little bit flattering to ourselves, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, but I don't five, think Palace. No, I, I genuinely don't enough, think Palace yeah. really offered anything in attack, to be honest. I, I think the clean sheet is where it's at. I think as fans, I think we had a bit of a fear factor when we saw the lineup, you know, and I think we were all sort of well, some of us were on edge when we saw the teams, and I think that played into it. And everything, you know, Palace start off well, and I was like, oh, Jesus, one of them days. But I thought Liverpool settled into it, and I thought we controlled it. Palace were getting bits in the middle. Um, I think as the game goes on and, and Thiago comes off, I think we lose a bit of the control that we had in there. But overall, I think it's another great, great win for Liverpool. 3 0 clean sheet. You know, it's what we showed, we'll come on to it, is we have that solidity back and we made three changes to the back four. And, you know, it looked good. You know, we're gonna. I'm sure we'll come on to them all individually, but we thought the defence were brilliant against Palace. I, I didn't think there was many issues there. When you look at, um, you know, Costa Simicas, Jesus Christ, get get me a right side of Costa Simicas for Trent Alexander cover and we'll be absolutely flying because I think the, the fella looks brilliant. He's all action and he's exactly the type of player we need that we can allow um, Andy Robertson to have rests and all. I thought there was a lot of positives to come out of yesterday. Well, um, a couple of comments in there with regards to me having gravy on a dinner and unliking me to uh, Sam Allardyce, his <laughs> absolute pricks. Um, but listen, it, it, it is allowed to have, you are allowed to have gravy on a carvery. Like, who the fuck, yeah. who the fuck has a carvery with no gravy on it? Sam Allardyce doesn't put gravy on his carvery, he drinks it out with it. Yeah, like, I'm not drinking yeah, points, the, the, the points of gravy, as, as um, a couple of people said there. Um, I just had some gravy on the carvery, that's it. Like, you can't, it's actually a sin not to. Um, but I wouldn't be going points of it, like, relax, lads. Um, Chris, I'm going to put the lineup on the screen for you, because I asked these two lads to give me the general feeling um, of the match, and they've gone through every player, every fucking um, thing that happened in the game, when I clearly asked them not to. Um, because you clearly don't listen to me, okay? Yeah, so, it's no, hard. Sh- sh- no, it's not. You just go, listen, I'm really happy with that win. Um, I thought we played well. I'm sure we get into a layer and we move on. But no, it's impossible for Conroy and Keith to just do that. So, uh, Chris, um, I'm going to let you off and I'm going to put the team up there, which I have. So, we had Alisson, we had Simicast, Van Dijk, Canate, Milner, a right-back, Fabinho, Thiago Henderson, um, Mane, Salah, Jota. And you know what? As as we said earlier, uh, Chris, before we come on, like three of that back four wouldn't be regular starters, although Canada is only a new signing. And like, were you worried? Because I did see a lot of, oh, fuck, Milner up against Zaha and that's where they get at us. And then Canate just inside him and you're thinking, that's two of them, you know, it's three a bit too much at the back. I know 
Trent was mm. was ill or whatever. But were you a bit worried, Chris, or were you thinking he'll be fine? Uh, I was quite relaxed. I mean, I did I did the the pre show with Conroy and um, the comments that were flying in uh, were very were very angry. Lots of caps locks. Lots of oh my god, what are we doing? You know, we're throwing it away. This is why we haven't got squad depth. You know, this is the worst thing that's ever going to happen to us. <laughs> and, I, and I had to sit there on my own till Conroy came to rescue me. To, and so they're going, but look at the midfield. That's on paper our strongest midfield. Look at the attack. You would argue that's our strongest attack. And we've still got the best defender in the world, and we've still got the best goalkeeper in the world. So I was looking at it going, I was quite excited to see Canati play, thinking, oh, finally I could see how good he is. I've already seen him pre season. The only, there wasn't mild because it was Milner because he's not had the best of records against Zaha, but I was thinking, but he has got Henderson to cover him, and that's what Henderson does really well. And Milner would be asked to do the Milner, the uh, Trent roll of pushing on. So actually, it'd probably be Henderson who's got to cover him. And to be fair, Zaha never got to didn't get too much of a kick apart from the first 10 minutes. So I was quite excited about it because I want to see how that midfield works. We haven't seen that midfield since the Derby last year. So I, w- I was excite- excited for the team, but I thought I was expecting like a tight 2-0, uh, a-, a typical Palace results. I think, Conroy, we were similar, weren't we? Uh, but no, I was quite I, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the fallout of lineups, um, I don't know why people get so worked up about them because uh, it doesn't change. And I would say for Klopp, Nine times out of ten, he gets it right. And this season, I don't think he's got one wrong yet in terms of a lineup. Yeah, and like a couple of people are saying, well, well there was um, sorry, there's a super chat there from Dinesh, and we have had issues with super chats where they were coming in and they weren't signed as super chats. Nothing from your end, it was something on their end. And um, so we are trying to we we have fixed that now. Okay, he said, evening, everyone, everyone is sleeping on Liverpool. I get the feeling Liverpool are going to win the league, and as fans, we should believe in our team. I think we absolutely should. But um, there was there was there was a comment there um, um, from Free World. Um, he's over the gravy internet now, I think, and he's back to the football, which is great to see. Um, but he, like he, he says here, um, he felt it was it was the poorest performance of the season, and we won three 0 a sign of potential champions for me. Injuries are my only concerns, and that's that's fair enough as well. But uh, I get the feeling we're a bit worried about Palace because they done a job on Spurs last week. You know, and Spores, mm. I, I seen something today, um, you know, Harry Kane last week didn't have a touch in Crystal Palace's box and didn't have a shot on target. Yeah, the first, first time in his career, first yeah, time in his career, first time his career yeah, sure, when, yeah. when he started against this. And, and I think, you know what, Vieira needs time because it could have been very easy. It wasn't one of the bars that took over at Palace and they were horrendous. Uh, yeah, and he got no time, and that was it. He was gone. Four games or something. Yeah, and, and no, I only, I only, got, only got three games, guys. Three games. That yeah. is ridiculous. That's yeah, I think it was three, and I think we beat him in one yeah. of them, and and then yeah. he was gone. And but when you look at Patrick Vieira, you know they've they've started well. They play decent football, and maybe people just looking at that result last week against Spurs, going, mm, you know what? It's um, it's it it it's a a banana skin, I suppose. But Liverpool playing that back four. I think I'm, I'm winning the game. You just go, you know what? It's another game out of the way. It's not when we're going to rant and rave and, and you know, throw up as, as a highlight reel come the end of the season. It's just three points that you have to go and get. And Liverpool, thank God, are able to make some changes and get a win. And no doubt Klopp is looking at this bit of squad rotation and it'll happen again on Tuesday. And then you have another international break coming. So I think he's... In the past, Klopp has stuck to sides for the fourth, probably six, eight games, and then you see him changing it. But yeah. that's something different um, this week. But, Conor, I'll come to you because Trent is out and he's ill, right? The easiest thing to do there would have been to, um, you know, 
he, he plays Simicast left back, right? Is it a sign of, and, and I've seen somebody else on the internet saying this earlier, and, and when I read it, I, I was kind of going, that's a really good point. Is it a real show of confidence in Costa Simicast that he goes and says, right, Trent's injured, but I'm still going to play Simicast. I'm going to change both fullbacks. Is that a real sign of confidence in Simicast? Because it would have been easy to say, Trent's injured, I'm losing the fullback. I have to put Miller in there. I'm going to go safe and I'm going to go Robertson. Is that a real sign of confidence in Simicast that he, he actually keeps him and puts him in the side, even though he's changing both of um, his fullbacks? Absolutely. But I would add to that, there's 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 proof, there's a sample size there. So Simicast, Norwich away and, um, was it Burnley home? Yeah, Burnley at home. No bother. You know, at moments he's got little lapses, but 95% of the time, very good, great delivery, sorted. It's obviously the very last minute train. It's the morning of the match. There is probably a bit of, Shimakas can do it. You'll be fine on that side. You've got Virgil there as well. There is a good point, though, because Kanati's in the team as well, Gav, so that, that is a good point. However, though, it's one of them. I feel like his full week, he's probably planned that Shimakas, right, you're going to play this game. This is your game, you know, put that into shit Costa said I'm going to rest Robo Robo's if you count his international games he's played three international games and then he said the the what was our game like the Leeds game he's probably he's probably said to himself and the, obviously the Champions League game he's like I'm going to rest Robo definitely for this game and the Norwich game and then and focus on focus on him for, for the following week and I think with the planning in that and in Trent's last minute being injured I felt like he's had the confidence and the, the, the proof's in the pudding that he can carry it out so he's probably just thought We've got a left-back who can carry it out there. There's no need to change the full game plan. And then Milner, as I said in the pre-match, is our second right-back. No, no doubt in my mind. He's ahead of Nico Williams. He's ahead of Gomez. He's the only one who offers, in my opinion, a quality in defence and attack for that. Probably both of them have got a mixture of, of both of those um, attributes. But for me, Milner's, I think Klopp knows, has decided that, that Milner will be the second right-back for the season. So I said to, to Chris in the pre-match, I was quite happy with Milner being there. I think when he's previously played there, even recently, he's, he's done quite well. What was the game last season, Chris, you said he was right-back last year? Was it the Leicester game? Yeah, Leicester at home where he, um, done well. he just... I was worried about Harvey Barnes and he, he kept Harvey Barnes quiet and not many people do that either. Yeah, yeah so I just... I feel like overall, Gav, I wasn't as... I was maybe a bit like, oh, that's a bit. But then when I found out Trent was last minute uh, illness, I kind of understood. And I thought he's obviously backs his players. And he's probably, as Keith said, just to reiterate that, he's probably backing his depth his squad more than he ever has now. Because, you know, he's very, he was very much, you know, 11, 12 players or maybe 13 is, that's his squad. But now it seems to be Shimikas, confidence is there, chuck him in when I need to. So that's just, that's that can only be good for us. So yeah, overall... I, I was quite happy with it, guys, and I feel like it shows the confidence he's got in Shimakas. Yeah, um, David Kell said he's seen Keith last week crossing the Haypenny Bridge. Of course, that's over the River Liffey in Dublin. Um, he says Keith is a riot. <laughs> I was too starstruck to say hello, um, which is a bit strange. But All I would say is, Davey, you should have said hello because I doubt it was me. I wasn't anywhere near the Haypenny Bridge, so it must have been another <laughs> handsome bald man. Um, <laughs> I really wish so, you'd said hello now. You should hello. Sorry. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, I was going to leave this to later, but we've kind of hit on James Milner. So, Chris, I want to put that up on the screen for you. Um, this is from the match of the day last night, and it was uh, touches 113 rap 
match rank forced passes 69 forced passes in opposition's half 40 forced crosses 13 forced tackles 4 forced distance covered just under 11 kilometers forced sprints 19 forced um and somebody else, somebody in the chat there says he's he's our backup right back i'm do you know what out of them all going right back and i include uh, Joe Gomez in this and even the shouts of Trent Ale- or not Trent um, Alex Oxley chamberlain <laughs> earlier in the season which was absolutely outrageous of a show I'm more than comfortable if you tell me James Miller's our backup right back for the season ahead are you happy with that as well Chris and that's some stats by the way yeah um, I'm still amazed the the meltdowns people have over James Miller um, I've sound with him playing right back for us I'm more comfortable playing right back than starting centre mid uh, I think his role for Liverpool should be as a backup right back starting, or you bring him on for the last 20, 25 minutes in midfield to basically do his running in 20, 25 minutes. That's where he's effective and uses his ability. I mean, and it, it comes up in the chat all the time. Uh, people go, those stats are mad. Or people say, you know, why are Liverpool still relying on a 35 year old in the squad? In the squad? But yeah, no one quibbles that Fernandinho still starts regularly for Man City and he's 35, 36, and United are still. Have the backup striker is Cavani, who's thirty four, isn't he? So, you know, backup to that twenty seven year old striker. Correct. As well. So it's not just Liverpool that rely on 35, 35 year olds, and it's not only one. But it seems to be the meltdown everybody has over it. I don't know. To me, he's been there, he's done it. Um, he kind of does what um, in, in a better way. What United did with Giggs in his last five six years, which was he just drops his experience in when you need it, mm. and he keeps he keeps players on the toes, and he's he's not afraid to bollock a few. And I think sometimes you need that bit of someone to dig you out and will make you stay honest. And I think he's I think he's ideal. So look, you worry about him against real pacey wingers like Zaha, but he's just used his experience and Zaha just didn't really know what to do and ended up getting frustrated and having a strop, which was uh, very Zaha to be fair. Yeah, Ruben Boy says he's your backup in all positions, and I think that's a great show. You know, you're mentioning there starting a right back or coming on as a cover at right back, you know, or coming on with 25, 30 to go and going to midfield, and he, he brings a different dynamic. And he's, I'm always amazed how James Milner goes around the pitch kicking people as much as he wants and never gets booked. He must know, yeah. he knows the ref. Yeah, it's it's yesterday. It's it was ridiculous yesterday. But he, even, even, um, even midweek against Milan, he just come on and just start clattering fellas. And he just gets up as if to say, is that not I'm 36, what do you expect? Yeah, yeah. You know. But like, yeah. listen, I don't, I don't, I'm not bothered by his age. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't like to see Milner depended on for 10, 15 straight games. Regardless of how fit he is, he's still 36, you know, and, and it's hard, you know, any 36 year old playing football, although he's superbly fit, will tell you it's more the recovery on your body that's the issue if you're trying to play every three days. You know, if, if you're home to play once a week, for 15 games row, I think he'd be okay. But the recovery to play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and use him properly, I don't think it's an issue. And somebody did say there, look, it's only one game. It is only one game, but if that's what he's there for, when he comes in for 25 here, 25 there, plays the odd full game, and he's doing it, who cares what age he is? You know, and, and, and he is out of contract at the end of the season. It'll be interesting to see what Liverpool do with regards to him, because um, I, I genuinely think, I wouldn't like to see him leave the club. I'm not saying I want him there next season as, you know, fifth choice midfielder, but I think he's so important to, to things we do all the time. And people will say that'd be a bit, bit nostalgic and stuff, but I don't. I look at it and I say to myself, you know what? He done absolutely brilliantly yesterday and he didn't put a foot wrong and he was good defensively. He was good attacking wise, his experience is there. And that's always a great asset to have. And 
that's the way I just look at it. I don't, I don't take other factors in, in, into, into consideration. I just watch the game and go, yeah, he was really good. Um, but there is things like you don't want them 15, 16, 20 games because then it, it just catch up with them really yeah. well. Go on, Conroy. I know you want to jump in. No, I just wanted to add to that, Gav. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. See, we talk about Trent being a right back and then going into midfield. And then people are obsessed with it and we always say it's a different position. Do you not think that actually I'm more comfortable with James Milner being a fullback than now or covering for the last 25 minutes? Because I feel like it's a, it's a completely different game. And as you get older, being central mid, you've got to worry about everything around you. It can sometimes be a battle, especially with our engine room. At times when he's playing right back or he's played left back in the past, it's a different role. And because you can see stuff in front of him, I feel like, yes, the fitness, we talk about that. I feel like... I feel more comfortable with him playing there than now because everything's in front of him. It's not always like people coming from behind you in an absolute battle. I don't know if you guys agree with that. That's why I'm quite comfortable with him there because, yes, you're going to get the Zaha's now and again. It's going to cause him some issues. But for me, I, I just I feel like he can see everything from down the side and he can. we talk about Trent you know, going to midfield and it's completely different. Well, I feel a bit like that when Milner is getting older. I feel like I'm quite comfortable in playing fullback because he can see everything, and and to me that that suits him as he's getting older. But that might just be me. Um, I, David Kyle was back. He says it was the Samuel Becker oh, bridge. Please. I think he done now. Now that's a change. Of definitely the was that, me. Then. Yeah, because yeah, that, that's that's his uh, that's his neck of the woods. Yeah. He lives down by the posh bridges over that. Yeah, road, that over definitely the was me. Yeah, not the Haveny Bridge. That was oh. me. Should have said hello this time, Dave. It's a shame <laughs> that everyone's got that. If you had to say yeah. hello, it would have been for me. But the uh, next yeah, time, next see, time, say hello. Next time you see him, um, knock on your Instagram and stream it live. I just say hello to Keith. Yeah. Um, random was saying hello to Keith on bridges in Dublin. Uh, it could be a new series new that we could do. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. Uh, it could be an yeah. absolute. An it's got absolute, legs. Got legs. That. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cracker. <laughs> Uh, Keith just walking around talking to randomers to say hello to them. That's um, it. I'm up for it. You know me off the internet. You know me off the internet. <laughs> yeah, no, you asking no. people. You know me. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'd be brilliant. But Free Ward says we won 3 0 and James Miller was man of the match. End of discussion. Zaha didn't get a sniff. And he didn't. Um, I think that's that's very, very, very fair. But getting into the game itself, Chris, I'll come to you. And we talked about Simicast, we've talked about Kanate, we've talked about Milner. Um, Van Dijk comes back into the side after being rested against um, AC Milan. And the first chance of the game, and it could have really, really changed the game, was for Palace when that ball is looped back into the box. And kind of a mad touch over Alisson, who runs after it and kind of puts, his, you know, flaps a hand at it and it hits the post and goes out. Were you worried, Chris? Because, you know, you're thinking, gonna, we're, yeah, we're, we're a couple of minutes here. We're, yeah, we're a couple yeah. of minutes in and this has happened and you're thinking, oh, if that goes in, we could have been in trouble because then they would have sat back and went, now we look to expose Zaha against Milner for argument's sake on the break, properly on the break. Yeah, look, you, you've known me long enough. I'm only quite chipper with Liverpool, but I must admit, when I saw that chance nearly go in, uh, that song, is it? Hello, darkness, my old friend. That yeah. came back and it was all 13, 14 flashbacks. I was going, oh, I, could be, I could do about this, bollocks, on a, on a Saturday afternoon. So after me being really quite chipper and confident on the, on the pre-match, thinking this is going to be fun, isn't it? So, But it highlighted the big thing we need is it's the difference of having a world-class goalkeeper. Because I've seen that, I've seen Liverpool concede that sort of soft goal. That's Mignolet or Carius or some of the other bums have had a goal. They probably push it in for you. They don't. They don't get it out. And yeah. Car- uh, Allison today, I still think makes it effortless and on the quiet. Uh, he still saves quite a lot of one on ones. So yeah, I must admit, I think that woke a few people up. Uh, I think it also. I think it gave Jota rock up the arse because it was a shit clearance, uh, which which 
led to it. But yeah, the one you I always have with Palace was Gallagher getting a free kick because I thought his delivery was brilliant. And I do think that was the big danger for them. But it was a mad goal, like, because it came off Zaha's thigh, I think, didn't it? I don't think he even knew it did him. Yeah, it was just a, it was just a weird one. And, and you know, when it happens, it doesn't go in. But mm. I'm kind of going, my first thought is, three of the back four changed, you know, are they communicating, you know, because usually you see Liverpool come up so high and catch it offside so regularly with the back four. They're, they're in a perfect line. They get up. And if anyone's a yard, I, I think it might have been Trent last week away at Leeds and he's a bit lazy in the second half and Liverpool, the Leeds get, happen to get in behind Liverpool for once. Liverpool clear it, but Trent gets eaten um, out of it because he's not on that line and that line is so important. And, and I was just thinking about, you know, they probably need they probably need 10, 15 minutes here just to get themselves right and know where they are. And I know how good a footballers they are, but when you put three of three together out of four that don't usually play together, you do need 10, 15 minutes. Um, but it doesn't go in. Alisson makes a save. And I think you're right. I think other goalkeepers we've had in the past would have been flat-footed and looking at that looping over their head. Um, but Alisson doesn't. He just turns and runs after it and knocks her off the post for the laugh as well while he's at it. But, um, you know, that that's the early chance and you're thinking, okay, let's settle down and... I thought Liverpool were good. I thought I thought they were they were good on the ball. I thought they controlled it well. I know Palace had the odd chance here and there on on, on the break and stuff like that. And I do like um, the guy in midfield that his name's gone out of my head. And I think he's a very very the fellow in Chelsea Gallagher Gallagher. Um, yeah, who was with West Brom last year. And I watched him a little bit for West Brom last year. Um, four or five times, always impressed with him. Always impressed with him. Looks to get on the ball, not afraid to be pressed. You know, um, good, technically very good, delivery very good. And I think people say, you know, oh, not a 30 million player that Chelsea will sell on. I think Chelsea will have a good long look at him come the end of this loan deal and, and to see if they can actually get him in the side. Because when I look at Chelsea's midfield, I think to myself, Kante, Jorginho, um, Kovacic, really good players. But I think he's a bit different to them. I'm not saying he's better than them, but he's a bit different. And I think he could be he's- added to the, he could be added to the Chelsea squad for me next season. He probably get more game time than Loftus Cheek, I would say. Yeah, Loftus Cheek's in the squad, and they just don't want him. By yeah. the looks of it, yeah, really good point. Because yeah, Gilmore's think, similar. Yeah. Gilmore's similar. Gilmore will come in to replace a Kovacic or a Jorginho because they're very similar. But Gallagher is very much like it, I'm not saying he's a Lampard role, but he does make runs in the box quite late. You saw with West Brom and Palace, like he gets goals. He got two goals away to West Ham as well. I'm very impressed. I think he's a very very, very good player. Even like the fact that his delivery is good as well. It's like he just he seems to work on his game. So I mm. think that's a, a great could, show. I think you're right, Gav. I think yeah. you're getting the Chelsea team. Yeah, I think he could be a Chelsea then. squad. He's just something different. Do you know, like when you look at Harvey Elliott, right? Harvey Elliott, I'm not saying he's a better player than. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline the midfielders we have but he's something different you know he's that link he doesn't no problem being pressed good on the ball protects it well sees a pass um, good delivery and I think uh, Gallagher's very like that although he has a, a year ahead of more experience in the Premier League than, than Harvey Elliott but you can see the progression in, in, in Gallagher as he gets more and more confident and I think you know what he 
he might have struggled at West Brom a bit last season because they were poor, you know. But when you look at this Palace side, he seems to be coming a bit of a talisman for them. He's the one that people are talking about, and I think he's thriving on it. So it's um, I, I yeah, he's a really good player. But I, t- I thought Liverpool were good, but I want to talk about two incidents in the first half before we get to the man a goal and Keith, I come to you. Palace should have had a penalty, in my opinion, right for that Simakas on Benteke um, incident where he trips him as the ball's being crossed into the box. Do you agree? Because I genuinely think um, it should have been a penalty. I don't. I know you wouldn't. But, no, I didn't at the time because my take on it was, right, that if it was a sniff of a penalty, it would have been given. I think you get what it. What I've yeah. seen... What I've, yeah, well, I, I think everything was given last year and I think they've sort of nearly changed... You know, as much as they're given, but what I've seen since then in the City game, in the Leicester game, in the United game, the officiating has sort of been a bit scaldy again um, with VAR decisions that you think should be given, not being given, and, and vice versa. But I genuinely thought that Benteke, I, of the angles I saw, I didn't see him connect them. I thought it was I thought Benteke went down looking for the looking for the penalty. I didn't. I, it looked like he may have gone across him, but I don't think there was any contact. And my thinking on it was, if there was a sniff of contact, they'd have gave a penalty. Do you know what I mean? It's they really would. It's significant given. contact as well, Keith. It's significant contact. This is the thing. It's not just contact. It's significant well, that, contact. That, so. That's it, Conroy. I read there because but, but, but the it, it could have been a case of if it was a case of a, a significant contact. You're talking about Simicast literally tripping him as he's going through, and look, that's a penalty all day long. So I, I think the angle that they showed might have been deceiving on that. Oh well, look, I'm, I also I'm, don't think he's getting the ball. I don't think he gets the ball even if he doesn't trip him. That's fair enough. But what I, the way I looked at it was, and, and I get, I, I get the whole significant contact and stuff like that. And people are mentioning VAR from this weekend, which was atrocious. Um, and you know, I'm not a, a fan of it. But if you go through, like Daniel James away at, at, at Newcastle is a stonewall penalty, and apparently it's checked and not given, um, which is unbelievable. And there was there was another couple of incidents as well. I think they get the the end up getting the one right on Ramsdale um, for Arsenal. But people have said to me, "But if you make that tackle in midfield, and you get this, you get the ball and follow through, they're going to give you a free kick." There's an argument there, but again, we're in a kind of a grey area for me. You know, all this letter flow bollocks, and um, we we are we're arguing points because we we're not too sure what the what the mandate is. You can't just put a thing yeah. on it like let it flow, and then everyone goes, "Oh, we're letting it flow, okay." But we don't know what what the context meant to be. For me, Simicas, um, for no reason, puts his leg out and and tries to trip Benteke, and you can see his hands going up, you know. And I think it's I think he does it, and then I think he says "fuck" and puts his hands up as if, "Oh, that was an accident." Um, and I just looked at him and went, "You know what?" All things being equal, if that was a Liverpool player going for a ball at the back post and somebody done that, we'd be screaming for it. And I kind of looked and went, I just thought he got away with it. I thought it was a bit of luck. I am, um, and it, I, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if Klopp turned to him and went, don't do that again. Yeah. You know, if, it go. If, he's not, if, he, if he's not going to get to it, fine. If he is going to get to it, you make sure you're in a position to stop him and, or, or you know, make sure he doesn't get a shot and goal, etc., etc. Yeah. But me just looking at that last yesterday from, you know, trying to be a neutral point of view I looked and went mm, you know I have to say if I had been I given be that, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have argued if I had been given but my thinking on it was I didn't see enough 
uh, evidence that there was any trip. It's, it's, you know it's what not I mean? obvious it's error. It's not obvious error. Yeah. The VR not and I think, but I think if there had been, if there had been an obvious sort of uh, connection, I think they would have given a penalty. And I would have said that's fair enough because, yeah, if, if he's tripped them up, it's a stonewall. And I just think now the way the VAR have been going, they've been sort of better than last season, better than the last couple of years. And that was what I'm basing on, no penalty on. That They didn't give it. They checked it and they didn't give it. You know, we see one angle of it and they're seeing how many... You know, got to remember when that this when that happens, you've got they're communicating straight away, and within the first thirty seconds, they'll be like, "Take a look at that, review it." Like if you watch the mm-hmm. breakdown with the refs on the mics and like BT YouTube channel, it is very quickly. I'm not saying VAR is quick, but they are on it very quickly. Well, they should be, yeah. and yeah, that's and, what I mean. Anyone says I don't know what game you're watching, Gav, mate. Respectfully, well, I was watching that game, and I don't. And what I'm saying is. I mean, they showed it on Match of the Day highlights. Exactly. So. Well, Match of the Day is a different issue because they just... You forget about you know, them, yeah. But do you know what I mean? But they then showed it. It was, it was stupid though, Gav. That's the one thing. There's no need for them to do it. That's, but that's, that's completely stupid. That's, what, that's, that. what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get at because I, I still feel we're in a grey area with regards to contact. Um, whether the ball... Is he getting the ball? Is he not getting the ball? You know, like, if a ball goes over the top and it's landing 20 yards in front of a strike and a, and a defender pulls him down, you could just turn around and go, he's not getting to that. But if he pulls him down, he's getting sent off. You know, because he has made a movement towards a player to stop him trying to go for a ball, regardless of where it is. You know, and I'm not, look, all things being equal, and, and, and if we are all just using our common sense, you go, listen, yeah. Benteke, fuck off, will you? You know what I mean? But at the same time, that defender made a movement towards his, or towards Ben, I nearly call him Heskey, um, <laughs> towards Benteke for no reason. And I, I don't think it can be in, uh, the way things are at the moment, regardless of how many, like, nice little, words they put on it like let it flow and shit like that yeah. you, you can't risk that you cannot risk no, it no, no. and that that's just the way i look at it but look maybe it's maybe it's 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 one you got away with maybe i'm just overthinking it but i did look at it yesterday and went he's not maybe not getting the ball but don't do it was that. never going to be given give, after it was maybe given not, originally maybe not but don't yeah. um yeah, don't put yourself in that position if you know what i mean because i think oh, yeah. th- there's an argument oh, was, for them to turn around but it, but it was it was but it was shown on a highlight. So to say, we can't say, I don't know what game you're watching when I think Sky, BBC, I think NBC have all shown it in the highlights package as a potential talking point. So Yeah, but have they shown anything clearer than, you know, is there anything else? And look, I'm not saying there isn't. I'm asking the question. Uh, is there any clear video of them making a move and blocking them? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. The BBC, I've only BBC seen them from... The BBC I've only it, seen... It looks, it looks like he, he, sticks his hit, he sticks his thigh out to clip him. And the, and you see the you see the reaction of oh shit, like, yeah. I got away with that. Look, you do see the reaction, but I I thought the reason wasn't given mainly was because I don't think I think the cross is too deep. I don't think he's actually going to get it. Yeah, and maybe I think so. I bet he's just, just gone. Mm. I'll go down anyway because I might get it. Yeah, um, uh, that's my biggest issue. It's just he, maybe he's not getting it. But I'm just saying, if you're still a, if there's still a grey area. Don't put yourself in that position because you don't yeah, know what way you're going to Didn't they change the rules around whether you're getting it or you're not a couple of years ago? Do you remember? Didn't we get a penalty, Lovren, <coughs> against, who was it? So, and there was the uh, pulling in the box and the ball went way over Lovren's head. It was a, was it the Calvert Lewis? No, no, no. No, no, no. That's, pa- that's Palace away. It um, was Palace away, wasn't it? Yeah. AU, it was AU pushes them. Yeah, and it's, the it's away from the. All goes well over the head, but there's a push on Lovren and he gives the penalty. So it doesn't have to be, you know, it, it, not getting the ball and things like that. Mm. I don't think... The John Evans one, the John Evans one was the one a couple of years ago when Chris Wood um, stupidly fouls him when the ball's rolling over the line. 
but he does clip him stupidly. Like he leaves, he puts his legs, and then VR stated that well, John Evans may have caught that, and that's why I think they've said, as you're right, it doesn't matter if they're not getting it if there's a a foul in the box or it's deemed, you know, quite close. But as you say, Gav, I completely agree. Like it's stupid. I'm not disputing that. Yeah. I just think when it wasn't given originally, it's like. We can't complain that they're trying to make VR. You can't complain that they miss every, they don't get every single decision right if they're trying to make the game flow because we don't want it to be like NFL. So no. I feel like there needs to be a great uh, balance. You need to be, you need to get a bit of give and take with it. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I'm just saying that if if everything was straightforward, decisions wise, you'd be going yeah. fine. He's not getting to it. But when for me, you're still in the grey area. You're going. They could genuinely give that, and make an argument as the way they gave given it. Because we were not at the hundred percent sure. Nathan Brooks says you guys could talk about one instant for a whole hour. Nathan, you look. Have you, if you've only joined us, we're nearly talked about keep meeting um, uh, David yeah, on a bridge. 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 Um, so we could have done an hour on that, but we decided to move yeah. on to uh, Simicast and penalty shouts. But <laughs> we'll move away from that, and um, we move away from it because a minute later, um, Jota misses. Uh, it's oh, a horrendous miss. And oh Chris, God, Chris, I oh, come to you because worst of running rows entire last one. The farm he's in. You know, the ball, the ball gets shot across um, and you're thinking, he's just tapping that in. I don't know why he's trying to hit it so hard, but it's a horrendous miss. And you know what? Going back, Chris, to the, to an early chance for Palace and you're going, oh, for fuck's sake, if that went in. This one, I'm thinking, it could be one of those days. Because you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's in front of the goal. It's two yards out. The keeper's nowhere to be seen. What are you doing hitting it so hard? And you're thinking, 38 minutes, I think it was. And if we get to half time now and we're nil all, Palace getting... You know, a bit of energy off that, a bit of adrenaline going, a bit of confidence because they've had a brilliant chance and they've missed it. Let's go and get at them. But um, it was a serious Klopp, miss, wasn't it? I thought Klopp was going to chin him. I thought Klopp <laughs> was going to walk on and chin him. I just like, what are you doing? Because uh, that's two weeks run now. Uh, Thiago's nearly had a brilliant headed goal. He's been, he's been he had the offside against Leeds. That's and right. That one today. You know, he's for such a small fella. He's he's a uh, he's quite good at heading. And Jota, I mean, he's been watching Manny because I mean that's. I thought people get Manny a lot of stick for his Leeds miss uh, last no, week. No, he's, he's talked that, mate. He's managed to talk uh, it somehow. Oh, yeah. He's managed to do yeah. that. I, I think he got into the upper part of the... Uh, I think he got into the upper part of the Annie Road, which takes some doing from two yards out. Yeah. It was just... I was going. I I was watching it on a stream, and I was going, I thought it was a glitch. <laughs> I thought we, I thought we screened a glitch, and I went, oh, it's 1-0, isn't it? And I, and I went, oh, fuck, no, he actually has missed it. Because the screen froze, and generally thought he... He's, he hasn't missed. It's just a glitch in my screen. So I was in disbelief. Uh, he, he did look like he wanted the grounds to swallow him up at that point. I was like, fucking hell. So, James, James LFC says, Jota, it channeled it is in our Verna with that miss. And Ramez Khalil says, have you clocked Thiago's late runs into the box to pick up crosses from the right-hand side? It is mm. interesting because it has happened now twice yeah. in the last two games where he's getting into those positions as the extra man in the box. And he's unlucky against Leeds. Um, to be offside and he's unlucky with the header but then you're thinking Jota will tap in and you know I am thinking 38 minutes I, I can literally see it now you know oh half time goes Liverpool should be ahead and you know what a pass they take a score and, second you know, half yeah yeah one of those a horrible fucking <laughs> goal um, you know hits him in the hip from a corner or something like that but Keith I come to you because an astounding um, start I think that's Mane's ninth goal in a row Against Palace, um, which is ten, fucking madness. Yeah. Ten and um, eleven now, isn't it? Yeah, it's ten yeah, and eleven. He scored it's three at Southampton as well against yeah, him, didn't he? Yeah, it's nine. Three it's nine four. games in a row now he scored against them, um, Palace, and it's a, a great Premier League record for any player, isn't it? Yeah, to score in consecutive you know, games against Liverpool, like a yeah, Premier League opposition. 
and you know what? Um, it's a great time to get a Keith. Forty-three minutes, uh, Mane yeah. scores. Good corner from Simakas. I think that's a well-worked corner where Salah comes around the front post and gets yeah. that header in. It's a really good header. It's actually a good save. But Mane is on on. Um, he's on hand to tap in, and he has a couple of goals like that against Palace. You know, off rebounds and just yeah. close to goal and stuff like that. Um, but first of all. Good time to get a Keith. Second of all, that's 100 goals for Liverpool. And I watched all 100 goals this morning with a hangover and he has some absolute belters. What a sign. Yeah. Great player. Great player. I've been critical of him in the last year, maybe, um, in the sense that I have, yeah, I've been, I, I've sort of been saying I think we, we probably should cash in on you him. tried to sell um, him twice. Yeah, that's very much so. But now, in all seriousness, I think, and I'll put my hand up to this, even in games of being critical, you know, he took a lot of stick against Leeds because he missed so many chances. I think, I think he's he's actually playing very well. I think he's playing excellent. When I look back at it, you know, in re- with retrospect, I've been looking back at some of the performances and we're holding them to a standard. You know that it wasn't too long ago, Mo Salah and Sadio Mane were were on a par, and you didn't know who was going to make that step up to be our main man up front, you know, and that, that's not a, a stupid thing to say. It's, you go back a couple of years and, and it really was. Um, obviously, Salah is the, the main forward there and I just think Mane has uh, just, no, I wouldn't say declined, I just think he's maybe regressed slightly um, or wasn't able to keep up with, with Salah. But when you look at his game, without the missed chances, and he is missing a lot of chances, let's be honest, he's still driving our players, he's still getting the ball, He's still running. He's still causing problems. And he seems to be in a stage now where he doesn't give a shit if he's missing them because he'll pop up and Oh, we did last week. Get it when he, he needs was it. having a breakdown last week away at Leeds. Like he was yeah, but he pops chance. up and got one then. No, I know, but I mean? you could see him getting... like He was nearly laughing at himself at one stage away at Leeds. Ah, like. yeah. But, but what my point was that he still got his goal at the end of it. Do you know what I mean? So he, he's got a record. You know, his goals are all a bit... They're either scabby or they're instinctive. They're instinctive, yeah, exactly. Instinctive goals. And I just think I'll put my hand up and say I've been overly critical of him in the last um, six months, maybe. Uh, I, I just think he's, if we look at him on his own and say, right, this is our, our left winger, we're getting goals out of him and he's a constant threat, but he's maybe not the threat he was two years ago, then I think we're just holding him in too high. Uh, well, how we're well, using his, his previous excellence against him. I think he's playing well now. I think he's he's been unfairly judged by myself and by others, and I hope he continues to prove me wrong. And you know, scores many more goals in games because it's quietly the forwards are starting to walk again, and including Firmino in this, even though he's injured at mm. the moment, the 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 four of them are having their moments again. It's. Chelsea, we know what happens against Chelsea. We couldn't break them down. But look, there's not many teams are going to break down that Chelsea, especially when they go all out defence like that. But other than that, the lads are all showing a hunger. For me, now looks like he has a bit of zip about him again. Jota has got goals. Mane has got goals. And Moe's got goals. I think quietly they're starting to look like a unit again. And that's down to Mane getting back to his level. I think Kevin Ball says it's three and three for Mane, and I think it's something like I could be wrong, but I think it's about eight and ten for Mane. Um, going back to the back end of last season as yeah. well, and and for me, like don't get me wrong, last week at Leeds he, he could have had a fucking bag full of goals, but it was one of those. And we had that discussion where too much time to think is a confidence thing. Yeah. I think it might, and you know he, he's 
there are half decent finishes. There's, there's a lot of good saves in there, but um, overall he's working so hard. And Klopp said it during the week, physically and mentally, he looks really, really good at the moment. And you know, I think that's a big thing for Klopp to say because Sadio came out at the start of the season, um, in preseason, said, "Yeah, last season wasn't good." Um, I was feeling it physically, I was feeling it mentally, um, probably a bit drained, but he was determined to get back to his best. Now, I'm not saying he's back at his best, but he's returning goals, he's working hard, he's working hard for the team, he's creating. And, you know, like any team that are playing well and it's just not going in as a team, there might be a stage where Manny just hits fire and he's just everything he touches. You know, we could be we could be here in, in the two months' time going, he has fucking 12 and 12, or he's 15 yeah. and 15, and, and then we were quickly forgetting the chances he missed at IE Leeds or whatever it might be. So I think it's it's still a bit of a walk in, press, in progress for Sadio Mane, but at the moment, I don't think there's um, I don't think there's anything to worry about, and he's still he's still returning good numbers for the side, so all good with that. Um, Chris. Or sorry, Conroy, I'm going to come to you because halftime comes and goes, Liverpool are 1-0 up and as any Liverpool fan that's watched them over the years, you're always thinking, have to get a second. Even though Liverpool are really good at protecting one goal leads um, over the last couple of years, especially since Van Dijk's been at the club, you always think, just get one more. And I think that the whole Palace element <laughs> comes into it um, because it always seems to be, if you don't get a second against Palace, they could hurt you, you know, that sort of way. But most Salah scores... And because most scholars, most Salah scores goals, and and you know he, he he comes up, he comes up with a, it's a really good finish in my opinion, and you know it makes a two 0 and and he has this tweet after the game. He says, "You the fans keep me going. You give me more strength than I think you'll ever know." Um, apart from people getting upset, Conroy, at the fact he took his jersey off and lost him some fantasy football points. Um, I'm talking about Chris here. Um, what did absolute prick? <laughs> what did you make? What did you make of him yesterday, Conroy? Because you know, not his best game in my opinion, but it's three 0 and Salah's on the score sheet again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, sorry, just caught it for a second there, Gav. We just asking my thoughts on Salah's performance. Yeah. Yeah, g- g- great finish. Um, I don't know if I watched the replay. If I actually hit someone in the boot, or it's more just the shin a little bit. Who cares? Great finish, very instinctive. Um, just before I go on about Salah, if my memory might be playing games on me, uh, my mind might be playing games, but does Edward miss that chance just before Salah scores? Um, I think he does. The one, the one that stumbles at his feet. So that's a yeah. sitter. That's an yes. absolutely huge chance that Alisson saves, right? Yeah. It's more the striker's fault. Mm. He's got to hit that in a volley. That's the one mistake James Milner had because he didn't track that runner. That was the one moment of just a shout-out to Alisson. That's why yeah. he just... It's not even like a hard save. It's just his decision making. He's so like he just believes in his ability, and there's no hesitation with Allison. So, just a shout out to Allison, and then a couple of minutes later, if I'm not wrong, Salah scores that again. Two goals from set pieces. Shemakas with the ball and flicking with Van Dijk. What we missed last season, we forget how valuable he is from set pieces, even though he should score more because he misses a lot of chances with his head. And then Salah scores. Great finish. Through the stream I was watching, you couldn't even see it because he hit it. Is that quick, that instinctive? And then by then you're just like, right. I think we're, we'll be the way we've played. We'll be just see the game out and control it from there. But Mo Salah, I don't know for some reason if he maybe thought that was his hundredth goal in the Premier League. I don't know because he seemed to celebrate more <laughs> with that goal his, uh, than he did I last weekend. First, yeah, I think this first goal in front of the cop. I think since uh, I think since about crap. Was that was that the reason? I, but I, who cares? I, I, I don't care. I think that's what. Do, I think do, that's do what you want, mate. Do what you want uh, when you score. No, I, don't, no, I couldn't don't, care less. No, no one is fancy points as me captain. No, I want to just. He's my captain, but I, I couldn't He's care. Captain, I care more about Liverpool. Uh, yeah, I don't 
But it was it was it was great, and I feel like it was. Um, Gav, you hit the nail on the head, and I say this about Salah. Ironically, not as much this season, but even when he doesn't play well, he'll score because that's just what he does. Mm-hmm. It's just what he does. He's so effective. And yet again, another example of that. So I think as Keith alluded to earlier, it's been Manny and Salah. I remember it was a long time. It was like, you know, they're both competing. But now I think it's like, you can just tell his decision-making's better. He's not trying to do a lot of the work. And even in the game, like at times he's like, he's running with the ball and it wasn't quite working because he was, he was trying to beat a man and he's like, his touch was a little bit off. But in general, I think he's making the ball do the work sometimes as well. He's not tiring himself. I just think the whole package of Salah... Is subtly improving, and I think even his movement—you'd say a number nine movement—that's another goal that you'd say that's like a, that's a striker's finish. So as I say, we're very lucky to have him. Just sign the contract and get it sorted, and that's us. I wouldn't say give him five hundred k. I'm not one of them because I feel like that's ridiculous. But get him Four signed nine, up. Man. Look, um, yeah, not for oh, me. I'll upset the apple cart mapping. Uh, Alan Bokes says Salah is the ultimate team player at the moment, passing yeah. more than ever. I'm working hard to cover Trent when he's out of position. And I think that's a big thing. Um, you know, there's, there's accusations thrown at Salah every now and then that he's he's greedy and he's a bit selfish. I've no issue with him being greedy and selfish. He's a goal scorer. You know, I don't care if he plays right wing, he's a goal scorer. And you talk to any goal scorer through, uh, through any era um, for any side and they'll always tell you, yeah, I was greedy, yeah, I was selfish. But most of the time it would work out because I'd score more than I'd miss. You know, where I'd, I'd score big goals and, you know, maybe sometimes I wouldn't pass it to a mate, but I'd probably still get a goal five minutes later and I'd dig us out of a hole and I've no problem with that. But I think there has been a change for me in Salah the way, you know, Leeds last week, Trent goes forward, he gets injured. And he kind of goes down and he's slow to get up and Salah realises straight away, I think it's first half, and Salah just makes a sprint 40, 50 yards back into the right back position. And you wouldn't usually see that. And I think I think Salah has, people have talked about the the emergence of, um, names are going on my head all fucking day today. Um, it's a Guinness though. It is the Guinness. The emergence of the young fella that plays for us. Harvey Elliott. Harvey Elliott. Names have literally fallen out of my ears at the minute. <laughs> fallen out of my brain. But when you talk about the emergence of Harvey Elliott, you know, and it, and it has been shown, and Jamie's shown a lot in the midweek fix with regards to look at, look at the general positions where you have Trent, Salah and him so close to each other and walking together. I think not only has it suited Salah because I think he's seen the, the, the development and, and the excitement in this player. It's also given him responsibility, I think. I think he's taken on the responsibility of going, you know what, I am going to play with him. I am on the same wavelength, but he may need help at certain times. And that's where you're seeing much more of a workman-like performance at times from Salah, where he's taking that responsibility to go, Trent is amazing and Harvey Elliott is amazing, but they're still 22 and 18 years of age down my side. I have to show a bit of leadership there. And I think it's actually rounded his game a lot more. You know, um, hold up play, passing it more, being more positionally aware in a defensive sense he's just coming on all the time Salah and somebody says and I've seen it earlier um, a, a Ballon d'Or for this year I think if he keeps it up he has to be in the sh- in, in with a show of a Ballon d'Or if he keeps it up I'm not saying he can 
or he will win a Ballon d'Or, but if he keeps it up, he absolutely has to be able to show. And the only thing with the Ballon d'Or, that's February, Gav, so that might be next year's Ballon d'Or. Ah, listen, just it doesn't matter. Just keep playing the way he's playing now for yeah. loads of months, and he has to be one of them. I don't know when it, they're probably giving yeah. the one from last year, this year, because of COVID and stuff like that. But I just, I just see that little bit of an evolution in, in Salah, and I think it's good for him because when he's he's twenty eight, twenty nine years of age, and we're going on about this contract, and I think you're going to see an evolution of Salah being more of a central player for me as the years go on mm. but in saying that even if you're a central striker you have got responsibility to the guy on the left the guy on the right protecting your midfielders by defending from the front and I think all of that is part of an evolution for Salah as he goes into the back end of his career for me and I think it's interesting to see him and the responsibility he's taking around young players that are playing with him I've no doubt he loves playing with them but he still has to be responsible a little bit for them at times and he, I, I think he will sign that contract and, and you know what else he takes the top off and someone said he's being booked twice for Liverpool and both for taking his top off. That's, I love that, right? If he does three or four of them a season, he's not getting a ban and I'm happy. But I think it's a case of, you know what? We did get away with one a minute ago, but now it's just dropped and I've banged it in. We're 2-0 up. Let's go. I'm delighted. You know, the sort of way. And it's a real killer instinct. And, and I absolutely love that. And it's a, it's a flush finish. It really is, Connor. It's flush off the boot and he bangs it. But um, I think it's just one of those where he knows... We got away with one and I've, I've really, not dug us out of a hole, but given us a breathing space that we probably need because every now and then Palace were getting a look in and he makes it, um, he makes it to nil. Um, Free World is probably slagging the way I say Ballon d'Or, is he? Um, Bellendor, um, there's loads of, um, there's loads of, uh, I suppose, uh, Keith probably has a list who could win the Bellendor. Um, that's how that's how uh, many people are going to be in the world Keith yeah. do, well, do well with for next week of who could win the bell end or would you for um, Harry Kane for, for, <laughs> Harry Kane Harry just, Kane won it well, that's, that's the midweek fix Keith that's the yeah. midweek fix well, I'm, I'm sure Phil I'm sure Phil won't mind me nominating Harry yeah, Kane no. as the inaugural yeah. winner of the bell end or yeah, well, there you Not go. Um, and we'll backdate it for the last five years as well. <laughs> that's how much can he likes get, Harry also Kane. Get, can I also get the team award? <laughs> but um, yeah. it's yeah. look, it's it's, it's an outstanding finish and it makes it tune in. I think everyone kind of not breathes a sigh of relief, but it's kind of, yeah, comfortable now and let's, let's go and win the game. Um, talk to me, uh, Keith, about because you like this player and you were one that picked him out ahead of his teammate when Liverpool were being linked with, with centre halves and it's Ibrahima Kanate. Makes his first start in the Premier League, um, first appearance in the Premier League, I think, for Liverpool today uh, or yesterday. And what did you make of him? Because I thought he'd done really, really well. And he puts in a really one in particular, really good tackle. Yeah, I think he's excellent, Gav. I genuinely think he's excellent. I think he was at fault a few times for maybe being a bit deeper and and you know getting caught once or twice. But I think I think Ibrahim Kanate. I said it last year. I think he's he's made for this team. You know when we were linked with um, the other fella, that Sham, what's his name? Upa Makano. Upa Makano, and I said. Uh, Canada is a better player, and someone pulled me up in the what YouTube comments afterwards. Uh, you've never watched football; you don't know ball. That look, I think he's great. I think he has all the all the tools. I think as this season goes on, he's going to be the go-to centre back when Matip inevitably does get a knock or is being rested. I think Joe Gomez might have a real fight on his hands to get ahead of Canate. Maybe not at the moment. I think if there's early, you know, need for early changes, maybe. Gomez will come in for the first few months because Klopp does like to give players time to get used to the system and get used to the league. But I thought Kanate was excellent yesterday. Like I said, one or two little uh, mishaps with his positioning. But 
he's playing in a team, you know, it, it's a much changed um, defensive uh, unit. Mm-hmm. But he's up against, maybe luckily he's up against Benteke. He'll look, he's not mobile. He's not overly physical. You know, Benteke isn't the player he was before we signed him. No. So he wasn't he wasn't given too much of a run around, but he was on the same side as Zaha. And we know what Zaha, I've said it about Zaha earlier, he's a good player, but he's always looking to go down. He's always looking for a penalty and he was on that side. And I think the fact that Milner was there gave him a bit of stability as well beside him. I thought he was excellent. I thought Kanate's debut was really promising because you're right, Gavi, he made a couple of blocks a couple of times, he ran back and he just put pressure on the forward, the attacker. I think AU went through once and he just caught up and matched them stride for stride and out-muscled them then and forced a shot with. I think it's a good cameo. You know, it's it's a good cameo for what we'll see. I think in the second half of the season, I think he will really establish himself as an option at the back for us. Some recovery pace as well, Keith. Like, yeah. That's quite important. Yeah, for, I know you shouldn't rely on that because he did get caught out. I think Edward, he got, and he, he got back, don't yeah. get me wrong, great challenge, but... That gives him, we talk about Walker all the time, is maybe like, and I think Kanati will get intelligence wise, he'll get there, but that's a great trait to have for us, especially the high line. Even if he makes a mistake, he's like got a lifeline. I actually think with that Edward one, he beat him and then he was that fast to get in and he made the block, and I think uh, kind of Allison gets a touch on it. That's, that's, I'm, I'm delighted with that. The options at centre back are, are actually frightening because we forgot about Nat Phillips as well. Just sitting on as a fifth centre back, it's, it's, it's really, really good options. I think I think the big thing for me with with the centre back is now I'm delighted Nat Phillips signed the contract because, or even the fact that he's definitely going to you know before he signs that contract I wanted to see him at the club definitely until January because I'm looking at Gomez and, and VVD and saying right they still have, they're still making their way back into this squad for me and Klopp said it the other day he said Virgil Van Dijk is more or less still on an extended um, pre season um, as far as they're concerned because of the injury that he's had how long he's been out and. I'm not, we're not saying he's not recovered, but he, he will need... There's obviously steps that they have in this process. And if, if he falls down or any of these steps, you will see Kanate come in or you'll see Gomez come in and Nat Phillips is there. And like he said, Matip's um, injury record is not great and he may drop out at some stage. But to see to see the, the quality in our centre-halves, AC Milan during the week with Joe Gomez yeah. and yesterday with, with Ibrahim and Kanate, you're looking and you're going, you know what? I'm not saying they play every week, but... Whoever goes in there, you're quite confident in them. And even, you know, during the week, you've seen Matip and you've seen Gomez and people always go on about, well, once it's Virgil and someone else, we're fine. You know, the sort of way. But them two played during the week and okay, we can see two goals. But I think that was more down to our lack of um, organisation in the midfield for me. I thought AC Milan's goals was 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 caused by the midfield probably getting too happy with going and pressing and, and, you know, being a little bit out of shape and getting exposed then and being, you know, Milan running at you four on four and it all it takes is one good pass and you're in. But I think when you see those centre-halves coming in, like the midweek and like yesterday and you say to yourself, you know what, yeah, there's, there's incidents or there's little bits here and there where you go, oh, he got away with that but he, he recovered. You know, yeah. they'll grow into it and they'll, they'll start to know each other more and to have them options I think is great. Absolutely brilliant and I was delighted to see him start. I was delighted yeah. the way he played and Kevin Sullivan says some of us saw pass and was very good he needs to channel his inner matchup and carry the ball through midfield and I think he's well capable of doing that but I think teams are going to be watching for this now because a massive thing was made about Matip last, last week of how Liverpool were playing it to Matip and teams were letting him have it and he was just strolling up the pitch and he's really good with the ball so I think you'll see that kind of trying to be 
cut out by teams as we go forward because a huge thing was made of it last week. But um, Chris, I'm going to give you the K to goal. Um, the goal itself is brilliant. Um, the, the celebration I just fucking loved. I adored the, the, the celebration. It was real kind of, what do you think of that? You know, and he's just standing there, no expression on his face for about five seconds and then breaks into a smile. But it was a cracking hit, wasn't it? As it loops down on his left foot, you know, it could go anywhere, but it was a really, really good finish. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a stunning goal. You know, it's, it's probably what a lot of people are expecting to see from Naby Keita. I think the, the celebration was more, I think he looked more surprised than we did um, that it went in and probably that he didn't pull a muscle doing it. So, you know, but, you know, look, you give him the... I'll give him his credit where it's due. It's a stunning finish, you know. You know, he's slowly look. He's done all. He's done all right in most games this year that he's actually come in and done cameos, aches him line aside, you know. So that only dooms the world of good confidence because uh, I thought before the goal, I actually thought uh, Jones was actually more effective when he came on than Cater. Uh, I think Jones is slowly becoming quite an effective left-sided option, centre mid option. Yeah. But look, technique-wise, for that goal, you know, the heart. I, I saying like I know, like, but. Uh, if he hit, if he, he tries to, you know, whack the ball, you know, put a full pace behind it, it, that balloons over. You know, the technique to control that in, you know, there aren't many players that can do that. I've seen, we've seen many a player at the edge of the box uh, balloon that over. But that's a uh, three set piece goals now, so it proves having a set piece specialist is a uh, quite handy, isn't it? I mean, obviously, don't tell Danny Murphy because you know it, it'll kettle his head that you know a set piece specialist has helped the pull again. But you know, we are where we are, I suppose. It was a really good finish, and it was good to see him get a goal. You know, I think when you look at when you look at him since the start of the season, people are saying, you know, playing really well for me, playing really well, and and again, he's evolved into a midfielder at Liverpool, a Liverpool midfielder, rather than Naby Keita turning up and and changing the way Liverpool play. I think it's it's helped him in the fact that he's playing to Liverpool's strengths, and that's actually helped him. If you get me, you know, we're not looking for him to jink past players, beat three or four, sticking in the top corner or, you know, magic every time he gets on it, like Leipzig going back to 2017. He's a much more pragmatic with the ball, but it's actually by being pragmatic, he's been more effective. But to see that drop on the edge of the box, yesterday, and it's such a controlled volley, but power behind it. Um, I thought it was really good. And, and you're right, Jones, I thought it was good when he come on. And again, you're seeing more options come and, you know, and, <clears throat> and affect games. And I think that's good. You know, we're not bringing players on because of injuries. You know, now having yeah. said that, uh, Thiago goes Thiago. off. But what I'm saying is, we're not we're not just filling gaps and going all, all the pressure on you. We're bringing players in and going, look, we're tuning it up. Go on there now and have have your 25 minutes. And Curtis Jones come on. I thought it was really good. But for Kate himself, that's just another step along for me is what him nearly recovering his Liverpool career and trying to nearly trying to make himself a different sort of player for Liverpool and that's part that's part of it for me that goal yesterday and, and it wraps it wraps up um, it wraps up a really really good he, Go he on. cracked one in as well didn't he just before that he had a shot from distance as well I think that Gaeta Gaeta had the save so he did have a couple of shots uh, which is good to see you know it's something that we don't generally get from our midfield players I know Hendo pinged one in last week and Fabinho has done it in the past but we, the, we, we have this sort of thing that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is the midfielder who comes on and shoots from distance. And I think if we look at it, he probably doesn't do it all that much. But it's good to see the others doing it. It's good to see Naby getting the ball and trying to attack and do things with purpose in it. Because we've said previously, I, you're right, Gav, I think he's adapted his game and he's playing more like Genie 
in the, the games this season in the sense that he's not looking to drive and, and beat players and beat the press all the time. He's been more uh, economical with the ball and with possession. But it's good to see him getting on and having them strikes. And look, I don't think there's anybody, certainly in this podcast, in the day trippers in general, that wants Naby Keita to fail. Do you know what I mean? We all want Naby Keita to succeed. And I hope this is something that can help. What, be four, three, four years into Naby? We're just waiting on them to to get that little bit because he scored a cracker against Chelsea. He didn't need the night that we, we won the league. That was, his, but, that was his last goal. Yeah, but everything sort of, I don't know, you know, there was no chance to carry that on because we were sort of dipped after that. Inevitably, mm. the intensity went down our game after that. So he didn't get a chance to really build on it. And I'm just hoping that this is something that he can, he can build on. Because if he does, it's a great option. Curtis Jones, I thought, was an excellent option when he came on. And I like Curtis Jones even as a forward option. I think mm. playing on the left-hand side, I think he's a nice little option as well because he he, he does like to run at him. So, Gav is right. We'll pick up injuries. Thiago goes off. I think we're at a stage as Liverpool fans where every little injury were dreading, were fearing the worst on every little one of them. Do you know what I mean? Trent's not in the team. Oh, bollocks, what's wrong with Trent? Is Trent injured? Is Trent injured? Or Thiago goes off. Any word on Thiago, any word on Thiago. I know we had a bad one with Harvey Elliott the other day, but you're going to pick up injuries. The problem we had last season was the ones we couldn't afford to lose, we lost. Now, look, touch wood, that's not going to happen again. But you can't fear that all the time. You just have to play the game, trust your squad, and hopefully we've enough there because I think Liverpool are skating along here under the radar and there's no better place to be because we're the team that can build that momentum and win, 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 win. And if we get into that rhythm, we'll be a hard one to stop. Um, Ramos Khalil says the most complete version of Mo he's, we've seen um, referencing Mo Salah um, yeah. the chat we had a couple of minutes I agree 100%, 100%. any news on Thiago um, I haven't heard anything I th- I th- I th- it might have been a bit of a precaution it looked like a calf but um, yeah. thoughts on Chelsea um, seems to be their shithousing their way through games with five defenders and two DMs well just on Chelsea I watched Chelsea today and they were well worth a victory um, if you watch the second half first half Spurs put them under a bit of pressure by pressing them and going three on three with them at, uh, against their centre backs, and they didn't like it, but they were still quite organised. Um, but but Spurs are poor. Um, they they just don't look like they've any creativity about them. And I think once Chelsea made the change and, and brought Kante in and went to that midfield three, um, they were always going to win the game because they just snuffed out Spurs' idea of playing three on three at the back. Um, you need to score early if you're doing that, Gav. You know, Tottenham yeah, need to take chances early in the game. Yeah, but 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 when you when you look at the way when you look at the way they done it and they they take Mount off and they put Kante in there and they keep that width, but they make themselves much more solid in midfield by and in doing that protecting their three centre backs. <coughs> but given that protection, Spurs are less likely to go three and three against you because you're more chance of cutting out the ball, cutting out service, and then Spurs are in trouble because they're like. Um, both, you know, through the middle of the park and wide because then wide forwards are trying to play narrow and a hurt sports. And you could see it once the fourth goal, once the fourth goal went in, it was, um, it, it was, it was, it was a son chance. I think they had the son chance. He's a bad touch and he, uh, Kepa collects it. I think that's, if Spurs score that, it's different. But to be honest, Gav, I agree. See, towards the end of the game, Chelsea could have scored at six. Tottenham looked absolutely done, like looked unfit. I'm not saying that's maybe because they tried to press them so hard at the start, but. 
Yeah, honestly, 3-0 was flattering to Spurs. Like, I think Lukaku had three opportunities he could have shot and he passed to Werner. And obviously Werner managed to muck that up, as he seems to do a lot now. But that could have been about 6-0 today. Mm. Shaka asks on the Super Chat, where's Sean and, Gri- Sean and Grizz? Um, I told you earlier, Sean, he's walking. Grizz has gone to Turkey to get his hair done. Or teeth, or yeah. both. We're not too sure. Um, but Kevo Sullivan um, puts a stat in here, right? And he says... <laughs> 125 shots on goal in the first five games of the Premier League season, right? Now, I've put that up on the screen because the stats from yesterday's game are here. And Liverpool have 25 shots, create 15 chances, um, 412 accurate passes, 84% pass success. They fell a bit more than Palace, which I like. Um, But out of 25, they have 10 on target. They've, um, They've 10 shots blocked. You know, there's 17 shots from inside the box. Keith, are we seeing something different from Liverpool this season? Um, because I don't remember us having 25 shots continuously on goal. Um, and I'm going back to last year or two. I could be wrong. Someone might find the stats. But is there just... I don't see us as massively over-attacking compared to the last couple of seasons. But there seems to be like we're getting shots away a lot more. We're not yeah. looking for an extra pass. And maybe that's just a very simplistic way of looking at it, but that's that's probably the way I'm feeling on it. It just yeah. seems to be like, yeah, just get the shots off and see what happens. Yeah, again, I, I don't um, want to, you know, put the markers on us or anything and jinx it, but I don't think so far this season, you know, last season we had games, we all saw them where you knew it was inevitable you weren't going to score. We were having all these chances and we were missing them in the first half of games, you know, and... You just knew the Newcastle game at the end of the season, Leeds, you know, all these games where we're not taking our chances, we're creating them, but we're not taking them, we're missing them, and we look like it was going to haunt us. This season, we're creating all these chances, and I don't get the feeling we're not going to to take them. I think Jota had a stinker yesterday, if I'm being honest. I didn't think he had a good game, even without that miss. He's such a clinical player, you know, and to have him in there, we have Mo Salah, who's gone to another level now, I think, with his... Um, this season, he's just he's, he's a serial killer at the moment with the ball. And we just look a better attacking unit than we did last season. And I know it's the same personnel in there. We all know we didn't sign an attacker. We know that. But we just look like our attacks have a bit more purpose about them. And the chances we're creating have a bit more purpose. Do you know what I mean? Whereas last season, I think we were going into games and we were you know, sloppy ones and we were missing. I know we touched on Mane missing 10 chances against Leeds and then he he pops one in. But we're working well, I think. The midfield, the forwards, and I put it all down to defensive solidity. I put it all down to the fact that while Van Dijk is back in there, whoever he's playing with, whether that be Matic, whether it be Canate, whether it be Gomez, we're going to be pushed further up the pitch. And we know that means Trent is going to be further up the pitch. And we know Robertson and Simicast will be further up the pitch. And I think that's, we just look more clinical, even though we're, right, we've had all these chances and we're not scoring. Well, we are scoring. We scored, I think, 13, is it? Yeah. So far this season. Um, I just think we look a better unit. I think we look, and I think it all comes from the back. I think we're, we're developing that sort of, I don't want to say that aura of invincibility, right? Because it sounds like a twat. But, <laughs> you know, Alisson, Alisson is in there now and he looks, he's been excellent so far this season, Alisson. The, the minimum he's having to do in games, he's doing well. I think Connery touched on the Edward chance earlier. You know, he comes out and smothers that and gets it away. He's 
he's he's a good key. He's doing the right things, and that feeds into the defense, and that feeds into the midfield, and that feeds into the attackers. And I just think this Liverpool team look geared up like they did a couple of years ago for a good title charge, and. I just think we're going to punish teams more than last season when we let teams off the off the hook. Because we said 3-0 seemed to flatter Crystal Palace. Seemed to flatter Leeds when we bet Leeds last week and flatter the team the week before. You know, we're, we're flattering a lot of teams, but we're just going to do our business. And the longer we do that, you know, that's, that's the, the think, reward we get at the end of it. I think, like Kev O'Sullivan said, makes two points here, right? And I'll put to you, Chris. He says, last few seasons we walked the ball for the perfect chance. Not this season, he says, right? And he backs that up with, we're backing ourselves, if not to score, win a corner, win yeah. second balls, and it's another 100%. chance created. Chris, I think he's nailed what, I'm tr- what I tried to say a minute ago, and he said it much better. Liverpool used to look for that extra pass, and, and we'd always have a conversation around decision-making, right? Whereas now it's like, is there an opening? I'm hitting one, right? Or if there's... If it's not quite there, I will make the pass. But make a keeper, make a save. Make a defender, make a block. Win the second ball. Goes out for a corner. Look to be really good on corners. And it's it's a real... I think it's not only good for Liverpool that we're just being a bit more trigger-happy around the box where it's just let a shot go and see what happens. I think it's it's hurting other teams as well because they they would exp- they probably look at Liverpool and say to themselves... They don't take an awful lot of shots in 20, 25 yards. They look for that pass. They look for that creativity. Whereas now they're going, do I stand off and look for the pass? Or do I press and look for the, the block of shot? And if I do that, they're going to play around me. Is it something that Liverpool have just decided, hit more fucking shots? It's that simple. I think it's a combination of hit more shots, but I think now they've they've got the mojo back with set pieces. Because we're being a bit more creative with set pieces. Like the, yeah. um, the first Manny goal where you see Salah, Instead of staying on the edge box, like you know, he peels off to get a header. Salah hasn't done that for ages. And I think last season, part because of the personality issues we had, I think it was. I think between October and February, we didn't score. We didn't score a set piece goal. Yeah, and the fact you have a a Canarse, a Matip, um, a Van Dijk now for corners just physically makes Liverpool bigger and stronger. Our set pieces now become more effective. Um, I think the stat came up since since last season. Now we have the most set most goals from corners. By anybody, I think yeah. we're on 16 goals now from corners. I think the next closest is 12. The year we won the league, that was a big thing. The big thing was the worst thing you could do for Liverpool is give them a corner, uh, either yeah. end. Because if we if we can see the corner, we'll hit you on the break. And if we get a corner, we're getting something on it. Uh, the only difference now is he's definitely been telling Henderson, Fabinho, one of you now is on the edge of the box and you're cracking it, uh, especially from a corner. There's somebody there now. It used to be edge of the box, they'd get it and they'd look to play it wide, play the nice pass, play it round to get a, another crossing. And against the likes of Burnley and you know even Palace, that's what they want. They want you to put wide crossings. These shots from distance is not is not what they're expecting. They're not they're not told to expect for that. Whereas like United, you expect them to do that. So, but I do think the set pieces is the big thing now. Mm. Uh, the only thing I think we're still a, a bit weak is I don't think we have a reliable person if we have a free kick twenty five yards from goal. And they said, like, right, who's going to take it? Like, if it's City, you go, it's Kevin De Bruyne, and he gets he gets eight of them on target. If it's United, it's probably Fernandes Ronaldo. I do think that's the one thing. What about lack. Trent, 25 yards out? I don't think he's reliable. I don't think I he's think good he, enough, yeah. I think, it, I think he's two in ten. If you watch I think Trent's, Trent's the only closest one. I think the probably best free kick taker, but he doesn't take them, is who's got the best record in that team with Virgil van Dijk. I think Virgil van Dijk scored about four in yeah. his career. Well, Trent, Trent might have rivaled that now, actually. 
Thiago's okay for Bayern for trying to, but I do think that's the one thing in the squad we haven't quite got as a reliable. Yeah, Salah goal. should not be anywhere near free kicks. I'm not yeah. having that. That really annoys me when it's like causes a goal scorer. He's honestly the worst free kick taker. There's no pace in the ball, it's never going in. I'm He's never came I mean, close to Liverpool. It, I'm, I'm, wondering look, I, the, I'm wondering before the injury, would you have seen Harvey Elliott um, have a crack yeah, or two? Um, because he, technically he's that good from a dead ball. I mean, it's a name that nobody like. I mean, Keith hates this name getting mentioned, but it's the one element of Coutinho that never got replaced. Is yes. That's the one thing Coutinho got good at probably the last two years was a free kick 20, 25 yards ago. It's a trick. You, you knew it was working the keeper. It may not always go in, but it worked him. And then you had Salah to... Yeah, but Coutinho's rate was ridiculous before he left for free kicks. That was Messi's was. rate of going in. Well, I mean, that's even, not normal. Even, <laughs> no, but even before that season, you would say seven out of 10, he was working the keeper, do something. I do. Think yeah, even for far out as well, because against Arsenal, it was like 30 yards out, he scored at the Emirates. It wasn't even like close. So that's a really good point, Chris. Yeah. Whereas uh, Trent's free kick says all about the delivery, is delivery on free kicks and set pieces is excellent. Mm. But she won't know, I don't think, is he has scored a few, few crackers, let's be honest. Mm. But I thought Shakiri was probably the best set piece taker when he was there, and he's never in the team to take oh. these set pieces. But we are maybe a set piece specialist. May, uh, Virgil maybe, should hit more, Virgil should get to hit more. Yeah. 100%. Well, may, maybe so, because I, I think Trent's a good, he's a good free kick taker. Um, I think we've seen him. I think I. Do you know what? I think if he'd have scored less free kicks but worked the keeper more on the ones that aren't as good, you'd be kind of yeah. going. He's really dangerous. You know where he scores? That's like he good. scores a home to Palace. He scores a home to Chelsea. He scores away yeah. at Chelsea. He scores one away at Watford. Um, if I remember yeah, rightly, he scored a half. Yeah, a yeah, and and you're kind of going. They're brilliant free kicks, and then he might have twenty that aren't. I think yeah. if he scored two of those four or five and hit the target 50% more of the time in the ones that he missed, you go, he's so dangerous, I think. But I think you're right, Keith. I think if we had a second player, again, a bit of unpredictability when those two players are standing over it. Who's going to hit it? And the keeper, if he knows it's Trent, he knows he's probably going over the wall here. And I'm, I'm looking for that, I'm looking for that, I'm looking for that. And he usually does try to go over the wall to that, to the to the wall side of it rather than trying to yeah. double-guess the goalkeeper. I think if you have somebody that's... Um, that's alongside me. Kind of go. Which way is this going? Just, to, just for a little bit of doubt. Um, yeah. I think that that might be. Have you seen Van Dyke's free kicks for Celtic? Have you actually yeah, seen? Awesome. Yeah. About? yeah. No, but he's like he whips it with curl. Like, like if you've in the comments, if you've not seen it, go and type in Van Dyke out against Inverness in the Scottish Cup semi final. And when I say he whips this, it's like it's, he whips it, and you don't even see it. It's in the top corner. Like Van Dyke, I was watching the video when they do like the free kicks at uh, the LAFC thing. He hits one top corner. I really think Virgil is that player. Just doesn't seem to to get a get any joy in it. But honestly, I don't, I don't, like, I don't even it's think it's, I don't even think it's asking him to take free kicks. I think it's a case of get two fellas over the ball and you're not sure who's going to hit it. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. And and even even if it is Trent that hits it, there's still a bit of doubt in the goalkeeper's mind. Is he going to hit it? And by the time you kind of make that your mind up, it's over the wall and you've more chance of scoring because the keeper has that bit of doubt. LFC Aaron says he's surprised Milner doesn't take more when he's playing. Free kicks was, I think there's a good few players um, in the squad that can hit free kicks and I think, you know what, it might take a likes of a Thiago or even a Jota or, or anybody to hit a free kick that goes in and then you go, you know what, stand him over the ball next week. And he won't, he's not hitting it, but stand him over and see where he's going. And a bit like people have said in the chat there, um, 
we're, we're trying to cause a bit of mayhem in boxes, not by mad passing and making a pinball like one person said in the chat, but by hitting shots and asking keepers to save it and get it away from their goal. If you don't get away from their goal, you're in trouble. A bit like the goal for Mane yesterday. He doesn't get it away from me enough and Mane capitalises on it and we're seeing that a little bit more and I'm all up for it. Start hitting shots. From, I'm not talking day on love and FA Cup semi-final desperation for the yard shit, but I'm talking about if there's a chance of a shot and you're 25 out, or there's a probably a harder pass on, hit the shot. Hit the shot, because the next time, the pass becomes a lot easier because people are trying to block a shot. And then your pass your pass becomes easier because they've remembered that shot five minutes later. And it is, it's unpredictability. And it goes back to last season when we were missing those players where we became predictable. It was Trent in the box. Trent in the box. Go back and watch Burnley and Anfield when they beat us. And it was horrendous the amount of crosses that, that man was hitting um, only. But... Um, overall, 3 0 win. Some moments for Palace, but it gave our defenders something to deal with. And in the case of Canadi, Simakas, and Milner in particular, they came through it with flying colours. And it's a 3 0 win. And Liverpool have 14 points from 15. They are second in the league on alphabetical order, but it's a good start. Um, and we look forward to Brentford away next Saturday evening. Before we go, lads, I want man of the match. I want you to pick me a team for Tuesday. Um, I think it's Tuesday against Norwich in the League Cup. Um, Keith. Pick me a team for Norwich in the League Cup, please. Didn't think I'd have to do this. Kelleher in goal. Yeah. Um, Gomez and I don't think it, Phillips looks like Gomez and Phillips mm-hmm. centre back. Uh, I think Nico Williams is he fit? I think no. it's Connor Bradley. Isn't Connor Bradley uh, not in the under twenty three today? Well, then it could be Connor Bradley. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it'll be Milner again. Uh, and then possibly Simicast left full. I think it'll be a mix of experience and, and um, younger players. But I think then we'll probably see a midfield with Curtis Jones, with um, Naby Keita, and maybe Ox. Mm. Yeah, Ox. Um, and then up front, Divock. Uh, don't you have that many options? Tacky, maybe, and, and Mane. I think Kate Gordon plays. Did he, he play Kate Gordon? Well, both him and Bradley went in the other 23 squad today for yeah. that. Kevin, Kevin Ball says Kate Gordon and Bradley were not involved with the 23s today, which would suggest um, Barney. I would, that I would think he'll be on the bench. I think he'll play one of the front three alongside Divock and. Uh, tacky but it could be wrong I'd be delighted to see Kate Gordon getting a chance because I think he's an exciting player in the mould of a Harvey Elliott in the sense that we're looking to sign these players in and it doesn't matter what age they are they're, they're sensational young players and Klopp is happy to give them a chance so yeah if it's Kate Gordon happy days I think um, I think Norwich will put out their a very young side um, the way they yeah. started in the league I think they can't. they're literally at the stage where they can't risk anybody for me um, if they want to try to stay in this league and I don't care about you know finding their feet and all that they're, they're way too naive and I said this two years ago when they're in the league they're still way too naive and, and if they want to continue on like that and try to get out of this five games five defeats um, they're in serious trouble and I, I can't see them risking many fourth team players on Tuesday with looking to escape from what they're in already they're lucky that there's a couple of teams around there that have two and three points because you know they could have been five or six adrift they're not but I can't see them risking many big players so for me before the lads go I'd, I'd put Kelleher in goal I'd play um, Bradley right back I'd play Simakas left back I'd play I'd go with you I'd go with um, Gomez and Phillips 
midfield, I think I think you'll definitely see Curtis Jones start. I think you'll see Naby Keita start. Um, I think he, he might do Milner. Hmm. I think he might do Milner um, as the deepest player in that midfield three. And I just go K Gordon, Diva Garigi and, and Minamino up front. And I give as many players a rest as we can because if you're going to squad rotate against Palace on a Saturday, why are you throwing them in on a Tuesday against Norwich? And it's a big oh. game next Saturday. Brentford are got like this is Brentford's biggest ever fucking game, and I don't know how long. You know, good, the, good win last at the weekend for yeah, they did a good win. Yeah, Wolves. Yeah, did a good win, and and not only that, like I know Arsenal don't count as as, as a big team to hold up Jack Gaffer anymore. This is the biggest game so far. Those days are gone. This is the biggest game in in their new stadium that's a year old in in their first season in the Premier League. Uh, what? It's it's is that Anfield, I think. No, we're away to Brentford. No, it's so away half five next yeah. week yeah. in the first. Oh, is it away? Is it? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm and and I think it's that big. I think it's that biggest game. So I think Brentford would be well up for us. So I'd love to see a Liverpool side fully refreshed going into that. Um, Bar Simicas, I think, because he'd have a chance of playing Kanate or um, Kate may as well. But I think with the way he used the subs at the weekend, I think he's he's getting the likes of Kate and Jones ready to play in the midfield. Um, come Tuesday, so that would be my side. Chris, anything else? Uh, um, any changes to that? Would you go any different? No, I mean, I suppose anyone's asked about is Chamberlain. If he's not getting if he's not getting a game against Norwich, when's he getting a game? The same with Minamino. Yeah, he's, actually, he's got to he's got to play. He's got to play. The question is, do you play him midfield or do you play him up front? Oh. Uh, and I can't. I think you'll play him in the false nine. I think you'll play him in the false nine during the week. Yeah, but I play Divock on the false wing. I'm quite good. At, he's quite good. <laughs> well, he's quite good. Right? He's, he's yeah, I forgot all about him. I'd actually. I, do you know what? I don't think Kate starts. I think you go Milner. I think you go Jones, and I think you go Alex Oxlade Chamberlain midfield. Mm. Yeah, that team the, the, the Thiago injury, whatever happens with that, might dictate whether Kate plays or not. Do you know if Good Thiago's out sure. long term, he might pull Kate and go with. Uh, but we don't have that many options. I don't know if there's any young players that are looking to break into the team. Um, I don't think there is. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I think he, he, I think he'll try use the squad that he has there and the likes of Kate Gordon coming in. Where are you? Where are you going? Um, where are you going? With? Give us your eleven then, Chris. Come on. Um, so we'll go Keller and goal, uh, Bradley, Gomez, Phillips, Simakas, Milner, Jones, Chamberlain, and then we'll go Origi, Minamino, and Kate Gordon. Okay, so yeah, I go with the same. Conroy, are you having any of that, or do you want to change them? I think I'll be the same as Keith. I, I was, I do think he might put Ox at the false nine, but I just remembered obviously Divock he played him last week and he had a good game. So I think he'll have like same as Keith. He'll have Ox in the midfield, and then Divock up front with K Gordon and Minamino. Um, and as you said, it'll dictate with Thiago. So it'll be Keita, Ox, and Jones, and then the back three is Shimakas, Gomez. Phillips and um, Connor Bradley with Kelleher and goals. Okay, a couple of shouts there. Um, uh, Balagizi says Kevo Sullivan and Escapado 007 says um, Musielowski. Um, I'd love to see him get a game. Maybe on the bench. You yeah, might see I'd him on the bench. I'd love to see him. Avo, uh, sorry, Avo asks, what's the agenda for the week? Um, what's the agenda for the week? Uh, the forum's on tomorrow. Mid-form, uh, pre and post match on Tuesday. Midweek fix Wednesday. I don't think there's a carnage this week. Grizz is on holiday unless he's sorting something out um, to the side that I don't know about yet. And then um, Friday will be sports unplugged. Saturday will be a pre and post match for 
Brentford and we'll be back on Sunday hopefully um, a few people have asked where have all the shows disappeared this week there's just the way it's fallen this week there's some shows that only go out on YouTube and some of them go out on YouTube and as a download um, so that's why you've seen less shows this week the forum had a week off um, Carnage had a week off this week so that's why there's less shows on your download but it'll be packed this week um, listen if there's shows there that aren't on download and you want to see them on download let me know and I'll, I'll do my best but the likes of the pre-match show you know are you going to listen to a pre-match show after a game? I don't know if yeah. you are. So the, the stuff like that. And then the sports and plug stuff we try to leave on YouTube because it is a mix of sports. But if you want it as a download, just tell me. And look, sure, I have nothing else to be fucking doing. Let me know <laughs> and I'll um, I'll stick them up as a download for you as well. All right. Um, man of the match. Uh, Conroy, go for us. Give me your man of the match, please. <clears throat> man of the match. Um, I'll go for... I'd say... I thought Sadio played well. I think he's my man of the match. I think he played quite well. I'll go for Mane, obviously, getting his 100 Premier League goal, uh, 100 goal for Liverpool, and it's his uh, 98th Premier League goal. So he's only actually two away from being in the 100 club for the Premier League as well. So I think, as Keith alluded to earlier, I was not criticising him last week, and I still justify that because he, he had a decent game, but he did miss more than you should miss. You'll never miss that many chances again in a game. However, if he can just keep that, not decline, but he's not the same player he was, if he can keep that going, I'm quite happy. And I think he's be a great asset for us. So I'll give the man a match. He scored a vital time because Jota misses an absolute sitter and he gets him out of jail with instinctive finish. So I'd go for Manny for me. Okay. Chris, man of the match? Um, uh, I'll go Alisson because I think he made the key saves uh, when we needed him to, to keep the game going. So I'll go Alisson. Okay. Keith? I'm going to go left field. Literally, I'm giving it to Simicas. Um, I enjoy it. And look, it's a bit mad. I know we spoke about the penalty incident and all earlier and a bit of a brain fart. But I enjoyed the battle that you had with uh, Jordan Oye on the wing. I thought it was a really, really good day. I thought he came, he overcame the challenges that were asked of him. And I, I thought he was excellent. I really, I love Andy Robertson. And I'm delighted that we have a player now that we can rest Robbo from time to time and just keep him as fresh as possible and if you see Simicast in the team now you're not like yeah, you're okay. sake. Yeah. You're, you're happy idea. with that yeah so you just but, got that little night it's like the 99.9% you just got as Gav said you just got that little but I think that that'll be eradicated soon because I think when you're with yeah. Virgil you'll let them know like they'll look back at that and I don't think that incident will be forgotten about in the change rooms you know the, as Gav said the Ben Takey one so I think that'll be eradicated quite quickly yeah. Um I thought I thought Salah was good. Um I thought I thought he was good. Um I thought Kanate on his fourth start was good. Um but I'm gonna give it to James Milner. Um you know, I think the stats from earlier on you know, speak for themselves. I don't try to make too much of his age because if you you know, people say if you're young enough, you're good enough, and if you're thirty six and you're good enough, you're good enough. Um but I I, I genuinely you, you see it from a lot of people, not only Liverpool fans, but other fans going, oh, Milner against Zaha, oh, Liverpool are, you know, too much of a risk here and they're, they're kind of being a bit too cocky with their lineup. But Milner comes in and he's, he's I think he's very, very good. Um, I think, like Conroy said earlier, there's one where he doesn't track a run. But other than that, I thought he was, was, was exemplary. But defensively and going forward, I thought he was really good. And just as overall, 
experience and how to manage a game and let others play and, and go and win the game for us. I thought Milner was excellent. Norman says, RIP Boise and Greavesy, of course. Jimmy Greaves yes, um, passed did. away. And Jimmy Greaves, you get to see any footage of him was fucking outrageous um, as a goal yeah. scorer. And a a great, lot, uh, yeah, a lot of people of our era would have grown up with Saint and Greavesy on um, ITV, wasn't it? ITV? Yeah, yeah ITV. Um, Saturday the, morning. Yeah, in the early 90s. Late 80s, yeah. Ah, the 80s, yeah. It was 80s, the 80s. And then into the yeah. early 90s. Um, and they were brilliant. Um, two brilliant footballers, but two brilliant. They were very good entertainers as well um, around football. And of course, Boise is the reference to the Only Fools and Horses um, actor that passed away as well. Yeah, after John long, Chalice. Yeah, after a yeah. long um, RIP. battle, battle yeah. with, with cancer. And, um, you know, for anybody that I'm sure everyone has seen um, Only Fools and Horses, but if you haven't, um, get to watch get yeah to watch. Sad, a sad day like this kind of makes you go back and, and, and watch a few episodes because it's, it's, it's a laugh it's a laugh it's like <laughs> that yeah, laugh yeah yeah he's, he's so exactly. good he's so it's good like one and as you know like we're a football podcast but we love all that sort of stuff as well the comedy and stuff like that so yeah. absolutely go and um, take it take a look at them but um, obviously our thoughts with um Boise's family, um, as we yeah, call them. The Boise's. Yeah, and friends, and, and of course, Jimmy Gray's um, family and friends, and everyone at, at Spores as well. Um, on a sad day. But on, on Jimmy Graves, I yeah. don't think Jimmy Graves in the, the annals of history gets the credit that he deserves. Jimmy Graves was a ridiculously good goal scorer. And oh, madness. Like. It, like ridiculous and, and as a player like when I look back at grainy footage and all that, I love all that crap as a lot of you know. And he was a brilliant, brilliant player, and he he, he misses out on the the sixty six cup final, and you know I think that not ham not not hampers him, but Jeff Horst comes in and scores a hat trick, and he's kind of Jimmy Graves, he's, he's yeah, even Roger Hunt sort of gets overshadowed. You know the great strikers England had, and not this disrespecting Jeff Horse, but Jimmy Graves was probably the best striker in, in England and one of the best in Europe back then and he just sort of missed out I think on getting his, his moment in the in the headlight in the headlights then and very sad but if you look back at some of the stuff he done and read his story very sad you know he's had struggled with a lot of things in his yeah. life as well so yeah it's a sad day for as Gav said anyone who watched Saint Degrees you grown up but there's some of the so yeah, so I've, I've just I've just grabbed that really quickly. Um, six hundred and sixty-one appearances, uh, Spurs four hundred and sixty-six goals. Um, scored in his debut for Chelsea, England, Spurs, and Milan. England's fourth highest uh, goal scorer, forty-four goals in fifty-seven England caps, three hundred and fifty-seven most goals in English top division history, um, most England hat tricks of six, and a hundred and thirty-two goals in four seasons for Chelsea. And, and also, the, 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 I think I heard a stat, Gav, as well. It's like only Messi and Ronaldo have scored more goals in the top five leagues than Jeff Hurst. I'm sure that's a stat. So that just and Jeff Hurst phenomenal. Yeah, Jimmy Greaves, hey, not Jeff Hurst. Yeah. Sorry, Jimmy yeah, Greaves. Um, yeah. So that just shows you like the caliber. Yeah, yeah scoring was, rate. You could do it. And done it for AC Milan as well. You know, he was yeah. doing it in England. Done yeah, no, Milan, well. an unbelievable he, goal scorer. He, he really yeah. was. Um, so we've done the we've done all that we've done the man of the matches. The last thing I want to talk about um, the Sienna campaign. So the Sienna campaign has been going on a couple of months now. I think when we started off, she might have had something like forty thousand raised of one hundred and twenty thousand. And I did go on record and saying if we get this done, or 
be a part of getting this done. It'll be the biggest achievement ever at this channel. And I mean that because the biggest achievement we have at this channel is not the amount of people that watch, not the amount of people that subscribe. Um, although we love the amount of people that watch and subscribe. Don't get me wrong. The people that interact with us on social media and in these, these shows and everything else. Um, and our biggest achievement for us so far has been um, the campaign with Keen that helped him with, um, with everything that he was going through a couple of months ago. But this one now has gone over a hundred grand. All right. Um, it, it took a massive turn on Thursday or Friday when there was a huge, um, there was a huge event for Siena in the K Club, which is the golf club that hold it, hosted the 2006 Royal Cup and 30,000 euros was raised on the day. All right. To bring, um, on top of other funds that are waiting to come in. So I think at the moment her GoFundMe shows around 65,000, but it's actually about 36,000 to go on top of that. Um, so they're at, they're at 101,000 and people sometimes look at it and go, oh, they're at 101, they're good. You know, they'll get there. The last 20 is going to be hard. It's probably the hardest bit yeah. of it when you're trying to get people to push it over the line. So all we're asking for, um, and it's not for us, you know, I'm not going to, we're not going to run around the streets going, look at what we done. We're not, we just see it as a, a big achievement for us to help in this. And the, the goal is to get her, she's going to America anyway, but the goal is to get her the treatment. Her family has to be over there for five weeks um, at her own expense um, when she goes over for treatment and then come back for extensive treatment when she comes back, rehab and stuff like that, which costs literally cost more than the operation itself I think when you walk it out so what we're asking for is that if you're watching now or if you're listening to the download um, the easy way I can put it is it's in the show description whether you're watching or listening you can go onto our website and you can find ways of donating or and I can't stress this enough literally go onto Google and type in Sienna Steps and the first thing when you hit go comes up is Sienna Steps go for me go in there donate as little or as much as you can and if you can't, just to copy the link and send it to everyone you know and say, listen, this is a really good cause. They're really close to getting to 120 grand because I promise you, if she gets to 120 grand, she's going to get this treatment, she's going to get rehab and she's going to go to school like anybody else would go to school. She's not going to need a walker. She's not going to need assistance from her family. She's going to walk to school and go to school like any other four or five year old child should when that time comes. So that's all we're asking for. That's the that's the biggest thing as well, as well. Like you can go and buy a ticket for Anfield, um, a virtual ticket. It's one euro. They've they they've sold. I think we've sold a thousand, fifteen hundred of them, maybe. Um, we're, we're waiting to get the figures back on them. But you know what? We never thought we'd sell fifty thousand of them. That was just another way of people being able to donate. If you want to do it that way, absolutely yeah. go and do that. If you want to donate through the GoFundMe, absolutely go and do that. And if you're in any doubt and you can't find it. You can't find it in the show description. You can't find it on Google for some mad reason. Just get on to us on our social media and say, please send me the link, all right? I'll knock around to your house and I'll fucking deal with you if I have to, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, but look, that's that's all we're trying to do. And, and you know, you, you hear people saying, you know, this is more important than football. It is. You know, it's way more important than us for talking bollocks tonight yeah. like we do most Sunday nights or Mondays or Tuesdays now we have a great time doing it and we love doing it and we try to bring something to people but this is bigger it always will be bigger and you know what when Sienna when the Sienna campaign comes and goes somebody might come to us and say can I need, can you do us a hand with this and we absolutely will because we see these things as huge because the community we've established here and you know I always say our chat is the most knowledgeable around for me when I watch YouTube but 
the community we've we've established here are so good at helping and you know a huge pat on everyone's back if we can get to 120k and most importantly a three-year-old child is being told that listen whatever you need is there now there for you to make a huge step in your life for the rest of your life so that's what we're looking to do and um, i'm sorry for rabbiting on for a couple of minutes about that but it's it's extremely important and and you know you know yourself you see something you go are they nearly there somebody else will do that and they'll get to that 120 i'm gonna look in a couple of months they'd have got there if you can't donate that's absolutely fine just share it and share and share and share and share and trust me if people keep sharing it and share it as much as we think they can this 20 grand will go in no time absolutely no time and that family can travel to america in november in the full knowledge that they're not coming home to uncertainty will we have enough money they're going knowing that all the money is there for the treatment for the stay in america and for the rehab when she comes back to ireland and you you, you you've no idea how grateful this family will be for that so i just wanted to um i just wanted to say that before we left but conroy anything else before we go uh, no, not for me, Gav. Just to reiterate that, it's just a, a great cause and to go to the page. But yeah, nothing else from me. So thanks again for the show. Okay. Um, Red Steve makes a huge point here, um, and I think I should read it out. He says, we have to reach the total or they'll have to stay with Phil Casey and nobody needs that. Now, that's a great point, okay. right? If yeah. we don't make it to 120 grand, Sienna and her family will have to stay with Phil Casey and nobody wants that. Because Phil is mental, right? So to save Sienna from Phil Casey and a week in his gaff, um, we're our family. Please donate. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little sad music, a little backtrack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because Phil is mental. Um, Phil will be back tomorrow night, actually. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, he'll be back tomorrow night. as long away to return. So, uh, yeah, great point by Red Steve. Chris, anything else before we go? Uh, only two little things from me because uh, I bang out about it all the time. Uh, the women have got a game uh, this Sunday, uh, the twenty sixth, to play in Palace. So if you if you're in the area, if, if you're near Princeton Park, you know, buy a ticket, join the crowd. The crowd last week last week was uh, eight hundred. So you know the crowds are growing, and you know the, the women could do our support. And hopefully by end of this month, uh, just to give Gav something else to do, um, I'll have another show going live with um, a couple people from the Anfield Rap and Emma Sanders from the BBC. And I will try and get a few more interviews. So if people have requests for who you'd like me to interview, drop drop me a message. I can always ask the club and you never know your luck, see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris has put a lot of work into this with regards to the women's football. And we're doing it because we've been asked to do it. Um, people have come on and said, can you cover the women's football more? And we're just lucky to have someone in Chris that is really Im- involved with the women's team. Not directly, but he he goes, to, he's a season ticker holder for the women's team. And he brings his, I think was born out of bringing your daughter to see them. Isn't that right? Yeah, so yeah. Um, that interest has grown and grown and grown. His knowledge on the women's team is probably second to none amongst us anyway. And, um, you know, there is interviews and there is um, shows monthly um, with regards to how the women's team are getting on. And, and the club itself is um, putting a big push on, on the women's team this year. So go and enjoy them. There's been a couple of interviews so far. There's been one show so far. And there's another one coming towards the end of the month. So that is good. Um, Keith, anything else before we go other than people trying to accost you on bridges in Dublin? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go out tomorrow. You'll catch me walking around the bridges at the River Liffey. Uh, I'll be the fella stopping people and just going, I've seen you looking. <laughs> it is me. I know you're thinking this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It is. I'm your man off the off the internet, off the YouTube. That would be unbelievable. You try it like 60 yeah. times, but one person's like, oh, it's you. That would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Do you know what I visions are? I visions you going up to people and going, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just a normal bloke living a normal yeah. life, but I've seen you looking. And yeah, listen, don't be afraid to come over and say hello. And people just looking at you going, What in the name of Jesus is this going on with this fella? But um yeah, yeah I'm all up for um Keith recording himself just walking up to people and pretending that they should be recognizing. So that would be um <laughs> would be absolutely great crack. Um Andrew Mooney has me down as a Tyson Fury look alike by the looks of it, and my fighting Anthony Joshua. Yeah, well yeah. the gypsy king does well, he's the most handsome man in boxing, so you know what I mean? If I'm a poor man's Tyson Fury, I'll take that. Well, listen, um, I don't know if you'll be fighting anyone on bridges, but he will be. No, 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 no. no. You'll be, approach, be, you'll, no. Be appro- you'll be approaching people um, in the most vain thing I've ever heard of and just yeah. asking them, um, tell them not to be nervous to say hello to Keith. It is me before you. I know you're wondering. I'm, I'm the it fella of I'm the fella of the internet. It's definitely the fella of the internet. Yeah. That's you're gonna have, you're gonna have that, get a t shirt with that one. Yeah, we'll have with to wear face on and all. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Yeah. It's me. It's fine. Come over. It's it is me. Oh, I know you're wondering. It yeah. is me. <laughs> yeah, it is me. Just randomly saying it to people. It'd be brilliant. But anyway, we better go. Um, we've taken up way too much time um, of these people's time. Anyway, that has been the Fatback for, for Sunday night. As I said, we should have uh, the forum on tomorrow. Um, pre and post match for Norwich on Tuesday. Midweek fix on Wednesday. We'll let you know about Carnage on Thursday. Sports Unplugged on Friday. Pre and post match for Brentford next Saturday evening. And we're back on Sunday with the Fatback for with the Sienna stuff, we are looking to do something in the next um, international break where we're going to just come on for four or five hours and bring Band-Aid. loads of people on and have a, a great time. Um, and we're going to try, literally, we're just going to leave a big link on the screen and go, listen, just go and type that link in and we'll keep going and see how much we can earn and try to get to that €120,000 target. That has been it. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a like on the way out. If you've not subscribed, please subscribe on the way out as well. That's been the Fatback for. Have a good one. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.